right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm on with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are Motorsports Writers for the Athletic, and we are here into the off season, week one of the off season, uh, and we are here to talk about the season in review, the season that was for the NASCAR Cup Series. Excuse my voice a little bit. Uh, came home to a pair of sick children who have gotten my voice a little bit froggy. And uh, I'm trying to clear that out before Jordan, I see you in Vegas next week where we'll probably have more froggy voices from a crazy F1 schedule coming up. So you got sick. You come home from a grind. You work hard, put in a lot of hours, come home, and then your two little children get you sick. That's how it goes. If I was either going to get sick at the racetrack from all the, the late season travel or I, um, get I didn't get sick. Home. Well, you have an incredible immune system. Yes, I do. You, you really do. I don't know how you avoid getting sick so often, but... But I don't hang around small children. Well, that is that is definitely a thing. So, <laughs> we haven't done this style podcast before, so this could be a disaster, Jordan. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to try to go through every race in order and just, you know, because the, the reason we thought about doing this is we were talking about some of the early season races and we're like, oh yeah, do you remember when this happened? Oh, I forgot about this. Oh my gosh. Like... <laughs> It, it's there's like the season, the season flies by quickly, but there's uh-huh. also like a ton of stuff that goes on mm-hmm. um, and a lot of little quirky fun stuff that yeah. I think it's worth revisiting. Um, so look, we have to, we have to say straight up, we're, we're not going to remember everything. Like mm-hmm. you, you have an incredible memory. Um, and so you can, you have a great recall for things, but as we've talked about on the podcast repeatedly, I do not. I'm going through your notes that you had made here for some of these races. And I'm like, I have no idea what I, I don't remember this at all. I had to go through some of my pictures on my camera roll to help me remember some stuff. So <clears throat> we'll go through it and, uh, you know, we'll talk longer about some races, not longer. I'm sure you guys will say after the podcast, I can't believe you guys didn't mention oh, yeah. this. Uh, uh, I like, I made these notes yesterday working on the sh- show prep. And a lot, I mean, I didn't, some of it I did off memory. Some of it I just went through the, each race and I looked at the box score and things were triggered, that kind of thing. Or, oh, like, oh, yeah, that happened, right? But when I got done with it, there was, there's some races and we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm sure I'm like, didn't more happen? I feel like this is thin. Like, I feel like I'm missing something. So I'm, I'm sure there's something that's going to pop up. You made some notes on it as well. I saw your notes and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. It's going to be fun to talk about, though. Like you said, it, the season feels very, very long at times. Like the Daytona 500 feels like it happened like five years ago. It also feels like it happened two months ago. It, it just, it just, it's this weird, uh, you know, feeling of, of of longness, and then you know it goes by so quick, as you said. So I'm excited. Let's get to it. Lots to talk about. All right. Well, let's start with the Clash, which was <laughs> you. You got to go to the Clash for the first time this year. I was very excited yeah. about that to to have you out there because I felt last year when I had gotten to go. And I was like, man, I wish Jordan could experience this and see this. Um, you know, year two of the clash, it was okay. Um, but you know, well, I guess what, what did you think of, of being there and, um, you know, being, what, what do you remember about going for the first time, seeing the track, all that stuff? I remember walking in and thinking, oh my goodness, this, this historic football stadium that's hosted all of these major events. They built a freaking racetrack in the middle of it, and it looked good. It doesn't look like it was thrown together. It looked like a real put-together racetrack. 
Um, and I was impressed and it felt different. It didn't feel like a normal race. Uh, maybe it's because of how the pits were set up and everything else. And so it was exciting. Now, obviously there's that, there's the, you're going to lose something from year one to year two. And I get that. But for me, for being there for the first time, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I get this. I get why they're doing this. And I thought it went well. I mean, the race, we're going to talk about the race a little bit and everything else, but um, up to the race, I was like, wow, this, this is cool. I can see why this is a winning concept and what they want to move this around to, to different parts of the country or different parts of the world. Cause this, this works. Right. And then the race starts. <laughs> the race starts. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it at that. And you know, the drivers, uh, I don't know if they lost their minds a little bit this time or they had realized like the only way to get past people is to just nail people out of the way. Um, it was interesting coming off a season where people had talked about rear impacts um, being such a big thing, and then they <laughs> promptly got to the clash and were just nailing each other. But we were um, into, yeah, yeah uh, it was it was a messy race. It was not uh, not great racing. By the way, this race ended up coming in at fifty point two percent on the mm. was it a good race poll. I'm going to be as we go through these here. I'll tell you what they ranked these races ranked. That was number 32 of 38 races this year. So people did not think this was a great race. Um, and, of course, um, Martin Truex Jr. ends up winning it, which was big and sort of a, a you know an omen, I guess, or symbolic of what was to come because he had not won the previous yep. season. And so this was sort of like, oh, wait, they can win again. It was, and that was the question to him afterwards a little bit. To that line of thinking was, you hadn't won in a year. Do you think you felt like you had lost it a little bit, you know, and that kind of thing? And he was, I wish I had the exact quote, and I, and I should, but I don't. I, I, he was very, very adamant. Like, no, I'm still as good as ever. My team is really good, and we're going to – I think he said we're going to win a lot of races this year, something to that effect. Like, he kind of made it very clear of – in, in a very Martin Jack Jr. isn't somebody who's going to make a lot of big comments, but he was very adamant. Like we're going to win races this year. We're going to be a factor. And, and he was, he was right. Yeah. And um, you know, they have a, they had a podium afterwards. Do you remember this? They had the Olympic style podium with medals. I I remember it. I don't remember seeing them on it. Cause I, we, we went different places after the race. Yeah. Well, uh, he was joined by the two RCR drivers. That's right. And so we thought, well, what what can we read into this? You know, maybe Truex is going to bounce back. He ends up winning the regular season championship. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Busch is going to have, uh, a, you know, a, a big year for RCR. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah. And you know, he did have a good start to the season. Um, he ends up winning three races, of course. Drops off, and then Austin Dillon was also on the podium with them. Which now you're like, what? Uh, that certainly <laughs> didn't uh, foreshadow anything. Um, but. You know. Also, there was the Wiz Khalifa concert at the halftime. Cypress Hill too. Cypress Hill too. Cypress Hill. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was awesome because that I remember. That is like one of the distinct memories. Is I stepped away at the halftime break. I had to go do something. No, I think and I think Cypress Hill was. They were pre race, right? No, they were. Uh, they were pre race, and Wiz Khalifa was a halftime. Yeah, one, whatever was maybe you're right, but I right? remember stepping away. I remember stepping. I thought. No, I thought Wiz was. Anyway. Anyway. For the Cypress Hill part of this, I remember stepping away because I had to do something, and I come back and like they're in mid concert, and I was like, and everybody is like in the press box, like not everybody, but you specifically were like moving and like swaying, and like people were like, and there was a distinct odor emanating 
from the grandstands of the LA Coliseum. And I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. Like it was, it just felt like it felt special. It felt like an event. It never, it felt like unlike any other NASCAR race I've ever been doing in my life, which is a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on because if we spend this long on yeah, every race, it's going to be a long podcast. I, that's why I thought we were doing this. I'm like, okay, we're going to do 38 races. We're going to take five minutes on each. Okay. Well, I'll just pack a lunch or breakfast. <laughs> All right. uh, we're not going to spend this long on everyone because I won't remember this many this yeah. things. You know, no offense to Loudon. We're we're kind of, we're going to gloss over Loudon. Loudon. Yeah. So we go to Daytona, and uh, you know, lots of excitement there this time. Uh, because number one, you have some interesting drivers. You have Travis Pastrana, who I remember on media day was absolutely spectacular. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, I missed this dude. This is awesome. Um, you're like, you know, you had Connor Daly there. You're like, ah, he's probably not going to make it. He's he almost didn't. The, the money team. He shouldn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you had a lot of, uh, you had a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, <clears throat> there was this uh, one thing I remember, you know, this, they were kicking off NASCAR's 75th anniversary. So Diplo was supposed to, who ends, ends up doing the, uh, the end of the season concert for Phoenix, uh, as his country persona, but he does this industry party and it was supposed to be at the Daytona airport. They ended up moving it to the Embry riddle gymnasium at the last minute. And, you know, half the people there were like, I, I'm not really into this kind of music. And then like, including you, I think, um, yeah, I and, stayed for the truck series race. <laughs> uh, didn't you come late? I came for like the last five minutes of the concert and it was the, and I, and I, again, I have no idea who this person is. And I was like, cool, whatever. And I went for the, like, the last five minutes and I saw like, Jeff Gluck that it, you look like a little kid on Christmas morning. You were so excited and happy. And it was like, you got the exact present you wanted underneath the Christmas tree. And it was like, you were just giddy. Giddy. It was amazing. I don't know how many other people appreciated it, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. But that was the kind of tones, you know, you're like, wow, this is a, and Pete Davidson was at the Daytona 500 walking around, getting a tour from Ben Kennedy on. Yeah, I'm the one who spotted him, not you. Did you walk by him and you're like, Hey, is that Pete Davidson? No, yeah, we were walking. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You were like, who's that with Ben? And I'm like, and you're like, yeah, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, and I'm, listen, I'm, I, you know, this, I'm not, when it comes to pop culture, celebrity stuff, but I'm like, I think that's Pete Davidson, actually. And they're he had like, his hood up. He had sunglasses on. Yeah, you know? he was going through the inspection bay. Yeah, that was so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, wow, this is going to be. And Blippy, fake Blippy, was there. You, you oh, spotted yeah, yeah. fake Blippy as well. So there was it was a lot of celebrities for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like, man, this is uh, NASCAR 75th is going to be lit. Um, but anyway, <laughs> nothing said excitement like fake Blippy. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's a big deal for if you have kids. Um, so the race, uh, you know, of course, I don't remember too many details about it typically for me, but I do remember that Kyle Busch was leading at regulation, which he's brought up yeah. several times this year. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know that was that was a, an achievement for them, for him. Um, but I also think there was uh, some late wrecks that sort of. Uh, Triggered a bunch of chaos, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. fill, fill us in. Multiple there. overtimes. Yeah, multiple overtimes. What What do you remember yep. about that? Lots of crashes. I remember Kyle Busch, you know, leading on lap 200, and I because I remember he, as he said, he made comments about that kind of throughout the year, like hey, I was leading on the last lap of the Daytona 500. Uh, I remember Joey Logano narrowly, by the the skinnest of margins, finishing second. If that caution comes out a half a second later, 
Joey Logano's probably celebrating in victory lane and not Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, I remember being in victory lane with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and being like just stacks of toilet paper were everywhere because that's one of their sponsors and they were throwing them. And, and so, and it kind of set the tone for uh, what that 47 team, the JTG Doherty team did throughout the year um, because you know, obviously they won Daytona and that put them in the playoffs, but their performance throughout the year was good enough to be playoff worthy. And they would have been in the conversation and had a good chance to make the playoffs even without that victory. So it was kind of a precursor of things to come. Right. And, you know, we at the time thought, wow, Stenhouse just stole a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't the case ultimately because he ran well enough to make it um, most of the season yeah. uh, just on his own merit. Like, you know, it wasn't like he finished 25th in points. I mean, they, they took a significant step up this year. They, they fell off around the playoff time and then they had a really bad playoffs, but um, yeah, but still they did a great job forward. Yeah. So that race, uh, the Daytona 500 got a 71% on the good race poll and ranked 21st for the season. Then it was off to Fontana. Oh, this is getting sad. This is getting sad for me Uh, where, you know, it felt like the whole weekend was like a big morning thing for me like it was just this gray overcast it it bizarrely snowed like not just snow a little bit but like big chunky flakes um on the first day we were there uh which you know we had never seen before the the nearby mountains got you know beautifully snow covered and um you know obviously that that it you knew it was the end because i think that didn't the the sale news like the price and everything had, had come out maybe right before that race. So you're like, all right, it's, it's this days, is definitely leading it. into that week leading into the race. It had, it had been, an, it had become known. Uh-huh. So, you know, everybody knew this was it and there was, there was no going back. So it was, it was, this was really the, the last one they had it painted on the, uh, the side of the tunnel. Thanks for the five wide ride. Um, and it ends with, you know, a, a great race from what I can remember. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I was sure leaving this one that it was going to be in the ninety percent club. Uh, it ends up at eighty nine point nine. Ends up as the fourth best race of the year. Kyle Busch wins, which was yep. a big statement at the time. Big statement because it was hey. like, wow, he just wins wins with RCR right off the bat after the he first three almost races. yes yep. exactly yep he could have won the first three races essentially yeah. Yeah, and it was like, wow, okay, because there was a lot of questions about how he was going to fit in over there, whether it was going to be a struggle, what it was going to be like if they got off to a slow start, you know, was there going to be fighting and that kind of thing. And it was, to his credit, to RCR's credit, it was like hand in glove, no issues whatsoever. They got along very, very well. They had speed in a lot of the early season races. And this was, you feel like I use this term too much sometimes, it was a statement win in a lot of respects and it was like okay this he's going to be okay he's a good fit over there they're going to keep he's going to keep winning races and that that proved to be the case i don't remember what atlanta was like for you guys the next week but i'm pretty sure this might have been the coldest race of the year i remember after we did our podcast atlanta Atlanta was cold (laughs) yeah Um, Atlanta was really cold you know we ended up not having many rate uh races late in the year that were cold at all they were all warm even martinsville but yeah um this Fontana race was cold, but I went out after with a couple friends to do my quiet track stuff out there and just have a moment on the start finish line. I know you don't get emotional about this track, but it was, uh, it was definitely 
tough for me. We took some beers out there and we poured a beer out, poured one out for Fontana on the start finish line. Oh my God, you're closing your eyes. Like that's ridiculous. That's not ridiculous. It's a racetrack. It's okay. It's, it's not going anywhere. It's still going to be there and it's just a different shape. Um, it is going somewhere. Have you seen the the pictures of the demolition yeah, lately? On- I've seen the photos, but it's still going to be a half, it's still going to be a half mile, Jeff. Well, you say that, but we don't really know that. Anyway, you know, I understand. it is you not just a, a racetrack. It's a place with emotion, with with memories for a lot of people, and those memories are ceasing to exist except except in your mind. So, uh, you know, oh my gosh, he's he's so you are so unsentimental, so unemotional. Taking a beer and pouring it out on the start finish line just seems I don't know. To each their own. I get it. You've got a special connection to that place. Great. Anyway, it was it was very sad. I felt very sad leaving there. I felt, you know, I was just reflecting all the way at driving out of the tunnel, all that stuff. It was. Uh, I guess I don't. I don't want to go any further because you're just making fun of me at this. No, point, I'm not. I, I was I a sad it. weekend. Sad weekend. Oh, you can keep going. Keep talking. No, Cut I'm, open a vein, no. Jeff. I'll be your. I don't therapist. have a. No, the therapist is is making fun of me, not listening to me. So no, it's that's fine. why I could be a therapist. It's fine. Yeah. No, you would be. Oh my God, you would be the world's worst therapist. Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I've never thought of that before. That would be horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh at people's problems when they bring them to you. Oh my God. Somebody be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I really don't know what to do about this situation. You'd be like, what do you care? What, what's the big deal? Stop. <laughs> yes. Fuck up. Stop crying. Put your big boy pants on and let's move on. Wow, it's it's amazing. You're not. I can't believe you're not married. I why, why haven't you been able to find someone, Jordan? Anyway, wow. um, all right. Well, cool. <laughs> okay. speaking of marriage, let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Vegas. Um, so we go to Vegas, and uh, it's I guess opening day there. I was going to say Friday, but was it that Friday? It was Friday night when we got the news. Yeah, I guess when it was Friday. Because it was Xfinity it was, practice and yeah, it was, it was right? yeah, it was lit. Because I started getting the word. Well, you start. I think we both kind of started getting word about this. Uh, I know it was. I I had just had dinner because uh, I was home that weekend, and I had just had dinner, and uh, gotten back, and then my phone started going crazy with people, and you know, going what was going on, and Chase Elliott had injured himself snowboarding, and. Was going to miss, I didn't know, do we know immediately? I think we knew he was going to miss, we knew he was going to miss Las Vegas. I don't think we knew exactly no, how I think, long. I think right away people were saying six weeks. I think almost right away. I, I think the speculation was it, it was, was like going to be a while. six weeks or something. Yeah, right? but I don't know if Hendrick, I think Hendrick, I don't think that night, I think Hendrick maybe had a press, Hendrick had a press conference the next day. Yeah, and but they, I'm saying I think people, even even with like the rumors early. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I um, couldn't, I'd have to go back. I remember. I I remember um, being in the garage talking to the Wilfongs, which are some long time. They used to be Carl's crew and all this stuff. They're part of their family. And uh, I was talking to them and like Bob ran past. Um, and then he was kind of standing over by the nine team. And I said to them, I was like, you know, I probably need to go see what's going on. Cause if Bob's running somewhere, usually just for no reason, not during a race, like <laughs> good rule uh, of thumb. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, you're like, um, so, um, yeah, that was a very interesting, you know, that, that threw Josh Berry into the fire there. Um, and of course we, uh, 
you know, William Byron ends up winning in overtime. Um, that was, that was a big, a big moment there for him early on in the season. And, uh, of course we had tons of discussion there about playoff waivers after that race. I threw my hat on during the <laughs> podcast cause you said Chase Elliott should not get a playoff waiver. Stand uh, by it. I was right. I also said it was going to, co- was, there was a very good chance, very, very good chance. It could cost him his playoff eligible. It, it could cost him his season and making a playoff. Say that. Yes, you were yes. completely confident, even at the time, that he was going to win I a said race. He, I said there was still a path for him to do it. No, you said, said he was going to win a race. We said we were sure he was going to win yeah, a race. Yeah, I, I thought he was going that. to do I, I don't. I'm telling you, I, yes, I thought he was going to make the playoffs. Yes, I thought he was going to win a race. I didn't. I wasn't disputing that. But I did say this now opened up the possibility of you don't know. And you just put your season at risk. Because you're going to miss a handful of races, and those handful of races you miss could potentially be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. That I did say. Now, my opinion, my opinion was he was going to make the playoffs, no doubt. Because I mean, it's Chase Elliott. We thought he was going to win a race, but I did. Th- I did say that this this was not a good idea for him to be doing this because you put your season at risk, you jeopardize yourself, and now your season potentially is going in the wrong direction and look what happened. Well, I mean, Chase as recently as last week when we talked to him at, at Phoenix, he says, you know, look, look, it's unrealistic to think that would have changed anything. You know, he, he said, I would have made the playoffs, made the round of eight, like the card. Yeah. Did. Okay, sure. But would I, he's like, you know, would I have suddenly won five races? Like I, I got so far behind. No, like his, the team was off. Um, he did say that that was a product of them, the way they left off last season. They, he thought they were in really bad shape. Yeah. And he said they're leaving. They're actually leaving off in better shape this year at the end of the season, um, going in the right direction than they did last year. But um, that race, the Las Vegas race, ends up not being so good. Um, it actually is the fifth worst race of the year, forty-eight point seven percent. So people didn't didn't love that for whatever reason. Um, I can't remember that wasn't was Larson going to win and then Byron won. Larson was going to win both Las Vegas and, and Phoenix, Phoenix right. and, and there, and it, the circumstances, you know, kind of happened there. And then it, uh, yeah. And it was a one, two, three for Hendrick, by the way. Yes, it was race. Bowman. Um, all right. So on to Phoenix then where we have the first, uh, penalty drama. The, uh, did you just, did you just put a thumbs down on my? No, I have no idea. It just keeps popping up. It's it's done doing? this throughout. I am not. My hands are right here. I'm not touching anything. Jordan is putting a thumbs down on my <laughs> face on the screen while not recording. Doing anything. I've never seen this before. Neither It's fantastic, though. It's a great little thing. I don't know why, okay. but it, it, it's it's fantastic when you're making bad points that just keep popping up. Okay. Well, I don't understand why this is going on. It only happens too, by the way, when you're talking. <laughs> okay. Well, now, now there's have, a little sad face. No, I, I was trying to do a sad face on you. This is this is no going idea. off the rails. I don't, I don't know how to get rid of my sad face. This is All why right. we don't record the cut, but the podcast at this. We're time like of day. over 20 minutes into the podcast, and we're only up to Phoenix. This yeah, is I a disaster. This is going exactly how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> like I don't know how you expected to cram we have 38 to go races. Faster. Well. Stop talking less or stop talk, talk less. All right. Well, there was a big penalty stuff. You know, they took this is when they took all the Hendrick louvers, right? Yep. And the colleague and the colleague 31 louvers. 
well, one louver from them, only one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that it yeah. wasn't both collar cars though? It was off of 31 because that that's an important distinction. Yeah, but it was only wasn't it only yeah. one of their louvers off their car? Yeah, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a big thing going into this weekend. Oh, what's going to happen to Hendrick? Ends up getting uh-huh. returned, of course. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, this was going to be a Harvick win. That's uh, it. This was the best. I mean, honestly, I mean, it depends how you feel about the Southern 500, but he was leading. He had a multi-second lead fairly late in this race, and he was going to win when the caution came out and reset everything. And that, and it was like, oh man, Harvick is going to get that final season. He's going to get that monkey off his back right away. Fourth race of the year. And okay, well, you know what? He didn't win this week, but he's obviously they're doing well. Stuart Haas Racing looks like they're in a good spot. He'll get one, you know, he'll get one along the way. And retrospect, that that was not the case. Yeah. Um, well, Blaney finished second, um, yep. which we could talk about later. And the race was not very good, actually. Overall, it was the fourth worst race of the year on the Was It a Good Race poll, only forty four point eight percent. Back to back races under fifty um, early in the season. That was you know not a good sign. There ended up only being four more races the entire season that were under 50. So that was just a kind of a blip there. But of course the huge penalty, you know, talk from this race afterwards was, um, Hamlin gets into Chastain, uh, on the last lap, puts him in the wall. And then, uh, on his podcast afterwards, which was brand new at the time, um, says, yeah, I did it on purpose. And then NASCAR decides to act based on the podcast comments even though they changed the rule to say it didn't have to be intentional. It was really weird. I still totally disagree with that penalty. That was a really bad precedent, especially when um, there's been other instances this year where you're like, well, that didn't match to what we saw at times. But anyway, that kind of overshadowed everything going into Atlanta, that, that whole conversation. Yeah. I mean, both the Hamlin penalty, absolutely. Uh, which, was significant. And then going into Atlanta as well, at the same time they announced the Hamlin penalty, they announced the penalties for the Hendrick team and colleague as well. And so going into Atlanta, the conversation was twofold. It was about Hamlin's penalty and whether that was fair or not. And then it was about the Hendrick penalty and one because NASCAR hammered them. Remember NASCAR dropped the, the hammer on them. And then it was, did NASCAR do the right thing? You know, these are quote unquote spec parts, you know, did, is there a manufacturing issue with this part that led it to, to it being faulty or was Hendrick doing something outside the box? There was conversations about, did Hendrick find something with the garage from the garage 56 program and they were using it over here. That was all the conversation going into Atlanta that week. And speaking of things being overshadowed, the cup race was then overshadowed uh at atlanta because in the xfinity race is when of course josh williams parks it on the front stretch um after you know it had felt like nascar kind of unfairly told him to park his car after it had some debris um they were tired of all the cautions in the you know s show of a xfinity race um and they were like nah this is this is not gonna this is not gonna we're not gonna do this so he just leaves on the front stretch, walks across, and uh, people that got Josh Williams Nation going. People were they were selling T-shirts. People uh-huh. were all fired up for Josh Williams. Um, but I don't really even remember the. Uh, I remember that it was 
I remember it came down to the two former Penske teammates, Logano yep. and Keselowski at Atlanta, but I don't really remember the circumstances. Obviously, Logano ends up winning at his home track. I remember that. That was kind of a big storyline. Uh, anything else to remember about this one? Um, two things. One, the, the Josh Williams uh, issue, if you will, is still something you look back on. You're like, what the heck? And I feel like we're going to be talking about Josh Williams here in the coming weeks because there's some news that sounds like they may be related to Josh about where he may end up next year. And it's like, you're like, part of me goes like, man, he must've sold a lot of t-shirts from, from, you know, from this incident because man, okay. If the, if this news com- is, is in fact real. And then the second thing is that Sunday race, um, the battle between Logano and Keselowski, I thought was phenomenal. It was like a high speed chess match of these two, you know, super speedway aces who know each other so well. And it was like, they were just countering each other for the last 30 laps or so. And it was so fun to watch these guys and how they tried to outmaneuver each other. Well, uh, the poll didn't do great for this one. It ends up as the number 31 race of the year, 52.3%. So that's really three races in a row early in the season that were 52 and under essentially. So, yeah. Um, and then, no wonder I was in a bad mood the next week at Coda when I was clutching the pearls. Um, <laughs> the weekend starts off uh, with a look back at Chastain's first career win. He drops watermelons from the tower. Remember that whole yeah, that's thing? Right. That, was, that was fun. Uh, like a big giant Gallagher, uh, you know, just smashing <laughs> him. Um, and uh, but this this was really notable because this was going to be like all right NASCAR has really come into the into the world of international racing because mm-hmm. you not only had Kimi coming back for mm-hmm. his second race um, with Project ninety one but you had Jensen Button trying this race mm-hmm. Jordan Taylor was in this race mm-hmm. and it was like man some some respectability you know for like NASCAR road racing this is awesome and then it turned into an absolute clown show on those last restarts. Um, wasn't it three straight restarts? Everybody smashing into each other, Something bashing like each that, other yeah. out of the way. Suarez incensed after the race, even though it was his own teammate that yeah. kind of did it. Uh, he smashes into Bowman on pit road, which yeah. he could have gotten way worse. I think he got $50,000 fine or something. He could have gotten way worse than that. Yeah. Because there was uh, talk about whether he should be suspended or right. not. Right. I mean, it's, that was it, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a justified conversation. Yeah. Uh, then, <clears throat> you know, Jordan Taylor afterwards was like, man, I can't believe how these guys are. Yeah. And, and Jensen Button too. Just like yeah. these guys, the way these, they race with just absolutely physical. Um, but then, you know, speaking of early season, you know, drama or, you know, uh, achievements and all that. We talked about Kyle Busch with RCR. Well, Tyler Reddick wins pretty much right away with 2311. Yeah. And Kurt Busch is in the booth. Um, as it's happening and Kurt gets really emotional. Um, and he, obviously he's going through some things and, you know, his, his career was forcefully ended uh, not in his own terms. And he's watching his former team win a race. And yeah, I mean, big moment for Tyler, obviously, is, you know, getting that first win with 2311 and then, you know, hearing Kurt in the booth and what it meant to him and what it was like watching someone else basically drive his car to victory lane. And you mentioned here as well that this is when uh, Zane Smith's truck caught on fire. <laughs> Celebrating the win. Yeah. Not the yeah. only time we saw stuff like that no. this year. Nope. But um, yeah, after that, I was really in a bad mood after that one. 
Uh, but never happens. I was really, really, and you know, you know what though? I I felt justified later because so much of the industry talk after that was, we can't let this happen again. You know, that was. Then they changed. I was going to say this, this, and this was the catalyst, though. This was the catalyst for the change because the next road course race was going to be Sonoma, which is a little bit more uh, calmer of a race on restarts and stuff. But then the idea was is going into Chicago, we cannot have Chicago and Indianapolis particularly. We cannot have restarts like we have in these races because and they it changed is going it for to, Portland first, right? Yeah, they did change it for Portland first. They tried it out with the restart mm-hmm. zone in the Xfinity series. And that was, but this was the catalyst. Right. And everybody still has referred to this race as that was the clown show kind of stuff. That was so sometimes in the moment, I feel like, man, I'm, I'm the one being negative here and I'm just kind of an outlier and you're saying I'm clutching the pearls, but then guess what, Jordan, I'm right. Every once in a while, every once in a while, everyone's broken clock is right twice a day, Jeff. Yep. So then Richmond, um, which was a strategy race and, but people, um, even though it was a strategy race, uh, people, people liked this one. Yeah. Uh, people said this was the number 15 race of the year it was 80.1%. Uh, I think me still being in a, a bad mood. Um, I think I was just like, man, another Richmond race, but a lot of people are like, no, yeah. uh, this was actually, they, they liked the strategy. I think Fox must have sold it well or something. Um, you know, it, it wasn't the short track race that you're looking for, but it's, it's what you, you know, sort of expect from Richmond. Uh, Larson wins this one. Barry comes all the way up to finish second, which was a big statement for him after he didn't really run well at Vegas. Um, and hadn't really run, been looked, you know, super great while subbing, um, uh, you know, yet for, for Elliot, but, um, what else do you remember about this Richmond one? I think you were there. It's not the race itself. I, I mean, the race itself is whatever, but the, the, the story that week going into the weekend was the Hendrick penalties because the penalties got basically essentially overturned. And, and yeah, I know there, there were some of the penalties that remained in place, but it didn't matter like the crew chief suspensions. Right. But they got their points back. Remember? Yes. That was the big thing. So basically I, for all intent purposes, Hendrick won its appeal. Like, let's just, Let's just keep it simple. Hendrick wanted to appeal, and the garage that weekend, and, and we wrote about it in The Athletic, and I'd recommend going back and read it, was like aghast of like NASCAR's trying to do the right thing here. They're trying to crack down on, on penalties and all of this stuff. And this a panel's appeal just basically gave Hendrick all of its you know penalties back, except for the crew chief suspensions, which doesn't matter. And it's like, what the hell? And at like, terms like Wild Wild West, and now it's going to be a complete, it's a free-for-all. That that's how it was. That uh, that was the mood going into the weekend, and that's what everybody was talking about. And this is that's when you did your anonymous crew chief story. That was really a yeah. big talker. Yep. Yeah, that's. Uh, but then you remember what happens after this, though, in post race inspection, right? They take Byron and Bowman back to the R and D center. The the first yep. and second place finishers were Hendrick cars. They got cleared. They take mm-hmm. those cars back to the R and D center, and they find more stuff. Mm-hmm. So then they give them what sixty point penalties. Mm-hmm. Going into Bristol dirt, Byron was in like the worst, most sour mood ever. He was yeah. pissed. He was yeah. so pissed. And that ended up costing him the regular season championship, right? Those 60 points, I believe. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, it, it had an impact for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, then you get to Bristol dirt 
which uh, obviously I don't, you know, I've blocked no, it out. Jeff, how great of a weekend is that? Bristol? How much are you going to miss Bristol Dirt next year? What does it mean to you that Bristol Dirt is no longer on the schedule? I mean, have you filled that hole in your heart, that void that is now there? I mean, I know you get emotional about Fontana, but it's okay now to admit Bristol Dirt is number one in your heart. I'm, I am a little bit bummed to not have the opportunity to do a wrap. Um, so are a lot of people. These parents came up to me on uh, near the championship stage at Phoenix and they said, excuse me, um, our daughter is a really big fan of your rap. And I said, what? No. This, this girl, um, I, I apologize for you if, if you're listening and I'm messing up your age, but she's maybe, I would guess maybe 11 or 12. She's like, I really love your rap. And she could like recite some of it and stuff. Oh my God. No way. So like, what are you going to, yeah, I'm serious. It was amazing. I was like, wow. You, and is- you didn't, you like, you didn't immediately bring them over to introduce them to me. You actually stopped by and talked. And you didn't left. tell me this when I stopped there. Well, you were actually working and busy. Yeah, like I would have, like I would have wrote a three thousand word story on her. She she knew some of the lines from my rap all these months later, like she had listened to it repeatedly. <laughs> that was amazing. Did did she not have friends? I think she was a, a normal person. She just has good taste. Yeah. I mean, your rap is entertaining as hell. It's well, I mean, I said this before, it's well-written and you, you do a great job with it. I just can't imagine a small child saying, Hey, I want to remember every single word of this. And you know, wow. Yeah. Who knew you're like, the, maybe you're like the new, the clown dude, whatever that clown's name is. I'm a clown. Well, what's the clown that dip, uh, not dip, what's the other clown, the clown at Daytona. <laughs> Diplo. <laughs> what's the clown? The fake Blippi? clown. Blippy, maybe you're like the new Blippy. Maybe you're like the NASCAR version of Blippy, and you, you know can't you got rap. What, no, but you're the NASCAR version of that, and this is a, the rapping NASCAR clown. How can you compare Diplo and Blippy? <laughs> they're all Diplo Blippy. It's the same. It's there's just there's just you know similar uh, sounding. We, can we please move on? Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, Bell won this race again. Don't really remember. This was the number twenty four race of the year, sixty six percent. Also. Going into this one, we thought it was going to be a big storyline at the time until he got a huge penalty later. Uh, but Chase Briscoe breaks his finger in a dirt late model race the week before this and was suffering. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, you know, he made the round of eight, you know, last yep. year before that. Well, how's this going to affect him? Well, it didn't because he got like a 120 point penalty later. So yeah. it didn't really matter anyway. Yeah. Stuart uh, Austin that win a race and. Is there anything else you have Larson with mini meltdown feeding with priests? Yeah, you know, that was kind of an interesting thing. It was a race that Larson kind of threw away. Um, I will say bell won this race. He was a points leader at the time. It kind of felt like him coming off a championship four run the year before. It felt like he was kind of coming into his own. It kind of felt like we were going to have a year of bell, if you will. That makes sense. Like he was, this is a guy who was like poised to win a bunch of races and really become a dominating force. That's what it felt like at the time. And then he didn't for a long time. And then he did. But he almost, you know, but he almost he he didn't make the championship four. Yeah. So well, later like, he started yeah. winning. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just at that time, it really <laughs> felt like he was, you know, we, we always talk about like the summer of Larson or, you know, that kind of thing. It felt like it was going to be the summer of Bell. That's what you took from a dirt race. I, I just, I, I mean, kind of the whole thing. He won, he won, he won a race early in the year. He's the points leader. Like, you know, expectations were high and it was like, okay. All right. So now is the very, very forgettable Martinsville spring race. Yeah. Uh, rated the lowest race, worst race of the year in the Wesley Good Race poll, 
Uh, Larson won this one where at a track where um, he had previously been terrible in the yep. past. Um, he had joked after, remember the time he, he fainted or whatever? And yeah, uh, he did. He didn't get to race right the next day. 2015. Yeah. And uh, he was, he joked later that he was glad that that was the one he missed because he was so bad there, but uh, he obviously figured it out. Wins that race. Chase Elliott also returns this one. Uh, this was the, for me, this was the most notable for priest won the pole was dominating mm-hmm. early dominating. I think he led triple digit laps or something. He led, yeah. He, they, consecutively. And uh, then, yeah. He led like the entire him. first stage or something. And then he yep. sped on, he had, he had the same thing that Truex had. You know? He had the first pit stall and he sped on pit road, lost the track position. And that was the end. That was probably his, it was his only chance to win this year. Really? Yeah. Best chance for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went away because of the penalty and yeah. And his teammates just, just chased Briscoe a bunch, like a hundred some laps too in that race. And so neither of them won. And yeah. Uh, biggest takeaway for this real quick. Chase Elliott came back after his absence. Uh, you know, the car wasn't great early, but he rallied to finish in the top 10 and it was like, okay, Chase is back. Feels like, you know, obviously he's not hundred percent, but he still can knock out top 10 finishes. Now they're going to get back going again. And, you know, before too long, he'll be in victory lane and punching his playoff ticket. Oops. So we go to Talladega and, um, this one is the number 23 race of the year, 67% on the was a good race poll. This one, um, Kyle Busch ends up winning uh, to make Richard Childress very happy, and um, you know you had you had a lot of a uh, lot of good vibes early there as Kyle Busch has now you know won two of the first I don't know what is it ten races mm-hmm. um, that was that was really big for them and uh, you know another super speedway where Kyle Busch looks good after he could have won the Daytona five hundred, um, but he wasn't going to win. Right, because uh, wasn't uh, I mean Bubba was doing pretty well in this race, right? Yeah, Bubba was leading on the last lap, I believe, and he was blocking Blaney. I, for, I think he was either second or third. They were going to make a run. I forgot how it worked out, but they were they were Bubba was well positioned to win this race, and Blaney was coming though too. Bubba threw a block, and he threw multiple blocks, and the last one caught Blaney's bumper and ended up crashing him out. And not, no fault of Blaney or anything like that, but it was two good friends and wonder how that played out. And Blaney finished the second, Bubba crashes out, no hard feelings between them, but the race under, underneath caution and Kyle Busch wins. And it, it was notable again because Kyle wasn't really noted for his super speedway racing or, you know, his luck on super speedways. And he could have won both those, right? He could have won both Daytona and Talladega. And of course, this is the race where yes. Priest had the uh, cockpit incursion into Kyle Larson's car, which prompted some safety changes. NASCAR, um, they, they reacted fairly quickly on this. I mean, probably as quick as they could, they had some improved testing, um, and, you know, really strengthened that, that side of the car, uh, and were very transparent about it, you know, showed Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, in-car videos, testing videos later, stuff like that. So that was, uh, that was positive. Um, you also have here that this was the last race before Bowman got hurt, uh, in a sprint car. And at the time, he was having a great, great season. Um, Voice leader at one point before the penalties had a great, yeah. had the best average finish. And your number, I just, I mean, I don't want to like two more. He was still, he was still 10th in points to this point, even after the yeah. penalty mm-hmm. where he would have been only one point out. Cause that was 60 mm-hmm. points right there. So have you uh, heard what Bowman has said about his future sprint car racing, by the way, he's done. He's done. 
because it's not worth it. Well, I'm sure that makes you happy. I'm just saying. Doesn't mean he's not going to go, you know, water, water skiing and snowboarding and stuff like that. Right. Well, I mean, it's, you take that risk. That's fine. All right. Uh, on to Dover, another rainy Dover weekend. Um, but this was the one where Truex, uh, breaks through for his first points race win in quite a while. Um, also this was notable for, uh, Larson was potentially at race winning speed. It was pretty early, but Chastain, uh, drove over his head as a precursor for a couple weeks to come. And uh, they were very upset with Chastain for that. They were like, why, why are you making this move early on a, mm-hmm. was it a lapped car or something? He got into, no, they, he got into Larson and then Larson got into Brent, uh, Brennan Poole, who Brennan was a lap car. That's right. That's what it and was. And it wasn't right. anything, there wasn't anything Poole could have done. I think that's right or something on that nature. I forgot how it worked out. Maybe he got into, no, he got into Poole who got into Larson. Yeah, that, that's what I thought that's it was. It. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he was being too Poole. impatient trying to pass. Yeah. He got into pool who got into Larson and then that was it. And that set the tone. That was that. And I just want to go back really quick too. Cause we're going to talk about the, the Talladega too. Chastain and Gregson had a moment on the racetrack where Gregson ends up crashing. And that's going to come into play in a few weeks as well at Kansas. Well, and don't remember, don't forget also um, the, the tide had started to turn in Chastain's favor because like at Richmond bell said bell had an incident by himself and he yep. said, I got Chastain or something and everybody. And yep. there, so it became a meme of like, well, everybody's just blaming for Chastain for everything. And yep. He's not really always the guy that's doing this stuff. And then stuff like Dover happens and you're like, oh, well. And then obviously Kansas, uh, or sorry, Darlington's coming up uh, and Kansas. So uh, anyway, uh, Dover got a 76.3% number 17 race of the year. So off to Kansas, which is the number one race in the good race yes. poll for this year, 93.3%, another great intermediate race with the next gen car. Um, Denny Hamlin wins this one. Uh, and this was probably most notable for the Ross Chastain, Noah Gregson fight on pit road, socked him in the yeah. face. Well, I mean, I think there's two things that's notable. I think okay. one is, is how Denny Hamlin won because he got into Kyle Larson on the last lap. They were, and, yeah, they were not, yeah. well, this one, unlike the uh, the Pocono the racing one, incident, I'm not I'm not assigning blame. I'm just saying that this was, I, you know, he I think Hamlin put him in a bad position. But yeah, Larson also kind of got up into the wall himself. Yeah, yeah. No, this was a racing incident, but it was just it was the first of this time, you know, where these guys, these friends, and had you know, this wouldn't be the only time this year where they'd have a moment like this. Yeah, but I think like the Pocono one later was more a little bit more on uh, a lot more, more than this one was. Yeah. But oh, yeah, I, don't disagree. I think Larson, you know, I'm not sure they ever actually touched at this, at the Kansas one. I don't think they uh, did. Larson was, he just was high and he hit the wall coming up off the yeah. corner, but he got arrow. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. fight on pit road was what? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Chastain Gregson, I mean, that was the talk for a long time after that. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Because I mean, Chastain, Gregson was the first driver. Number first driver to like physically confront Chastain after all of this stuff. And because like Chase Elliott did, what did Chase Elliott say to him? Like, Hey, good job or something like he offered like, it looked like, yeah, you, you, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They caught that. They caught him saying that. 
Like yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, somebody had to do it. Or somebody had like to do that. it, yeah. And like and Chastain handled business, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh he, he grabbed Noah's arm, remember that? And everybody's talking yeah, about Yeah, he grabbed the wrist, control the wrist, it. It's like so, hockey fight. And then bam. That was All a big with punch. the jab. But Gregson took the punch pretty good. So. Yeah. For sure. And then of course afterwards, this was the uh one of the Denny memes of the year where I was Bob Bob was going to show Denny the fight video after getting off the stage and um, Denny comes off the stage and I'm videoing it. Remember this? And Denny has oh, that yeah. reaction of like, yeah, the, mm? uh-huh. You know, uh, Denny, Denny Great, right. has some Just, good, good memes at times. So Denny was, I mean, between Denny and Ross, the two of them are, we, we owe them like a flowers or something because they gave us a lot of content this year. <laughs> well, not really though, because Coming up at Darlington now. Um, this was sort of the last, yeah. the last we heard from Ross for a while. Yeah, with the exception of yeah. This was Darlington Spring Race, uh, number Ooh. twelve race of the year, eighty three point four percent. Wild. Um, Just wild. So yeah, tell tell us what you remember about it. You were there. Well, I mean, it, this it felt like this was this was like peak Ross. We're talking about Ross Chastain like every single week. People are criticizing him. He's too aggressive. He's doing Ross things. By the way, it's working for him because he's leading the point standings and he's finishing well. But he is not winning races. And it was like he was throwing away good race after good race, potential wins, and that kind of thing. So you could make a case either way. And so it's just like we're talking about Ross every single week. Going to Darlington, same thing happens. Racing Martin Truex Jr. for the lead late. Um, they get into it. Truex spins out. His race is effectively over. Ross goes on. And then he and Kyle Larson, and you want to pick it up from here, they had, what, two or three restarts there, and they were bumping and banging and beating on each other, and then they end up both wrecking. Yeah, and then, of course, Rick Hendrick comes uh, in this media center afterwards. <laughs> I think it was Dustin Long asked him about it. Yeah. And uh he tees off on Chastain. Yep. Um this put seemed to put a lot of pressure on Trackhouse. There was speculation that Chevy got involved, though Justin Marks later said that wasn't the case. Um but Marks then goes on Dave Moody's show on Sirius for his weekly appearance uh-huh. and says, Yeah, we had to you know, I had to talk with Ross, you know, about some things and all this stuff and everybody's like, Oh gosh, you're not gonna neuter Ross, are you? Like yeah. Don't don't listen to. Isn't he yeah. doing well? Like, isn't he doing what yeah. you want him to do? What what's going on here? And um, then you know, at North Wilkesboro, then it goes to North Wilkesboro the next week, and mm-hmm. Chastain is racing one of the late model things there or something. Yeah, yep. and uh, you asked him. A couple other people got him. Myself, in. Bob, and Dustin were there. The three of us were there, and we we talked to him for about fifteen minutes or so. And he was he was opened up about what that week was like and how it was one of the toughest he's ever been through, and what that conversation with Justin was like. And he had spoken to Rick, and it was just and the, the conversation then, and it kind of continued this way really up until Nashville was this was a start coincidentally or not or whatever track house was not the same performance wise after darlington for the most part now they had blips obviously they won phoenix won nashville but that really started after darlington that the downturn for them performance wise and then it was like wait a second you guys are struggling on the racetrack and justin said this about how ross needs to kind of rein it in what 
is there a correlation between the two? And and so, yeah, and Ross kind of talked about that too a little bit about how he was told to kind of bring it back in and he needs to do a better job of, of finishing races and, and such. Yeah, and again, it seemed like it was coincidence ultimately because it seemed like the whole team's performance just suddenly dropped off a cliff. Yep. But um, at the time, I mean, even in the moment, we're like, man, what what is happening here? Why would you do this? Why would Why would anybody try to, yeah. Pull the reins on Chastain. Now you could make the argument as you did at the time about them leaving a lot of wins on the table. And then you look further down the road and you go, man, if he had had, let's say he gets, I don't know, yeah. 15 more playoff points or something, right? Like he had been able to convert three wins early, um, is higher in the points, doesn't have DNFs, has more bonus points for the playoffs. And ultimately like the guy ends up winning the finale season finale. Yeah. So like it, it would probably got him out of the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. And, and that was, that was Talladega that did yeah. it to him because there was a yeah. mistake there, but maybe that, you know, Those you, you don't know points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, he, they, they left a lot of wins. They left a lot of, let's just say they left a lot of wins on the table, like yeah. a lot, but they still didn't have the speed ultimately after this. That no. they, um, yeah, but that was, that was the big, that was definitely the huge talking points at the moment <clears throat> at the time. So then it was off to North Wilkesboro, which was really one of, uh, just the signature weekends of the year. Every the the vibes were impeccable. Um, I mean, everybody was in such a great mood just to to see it back. The track looked great. Everybody was so happy. Um, I don't think the traffic ended up really ever materializing to the point that people thought no, it was going. It wasn't to. the horror show that people thought at all. Yep. They did a really great job. I mean, we make fun of speed, Speedway Motorsports a lot for various reasons. Sometimes, sometimes unfairly so, but they did a fantastic job one of refurbishing north wilkesboro and turning it into what it is now which is great and they did a great job of managing that weekend where there was no blips there was no traffic problems because everybody thought going in that there was going to be a traffic nightmare there was none of that there was no issues at the concession stand they they just they had a really a flawless weekend and kudos to them for for figuring out and executing it as well as they did well the only bad part was the race. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, the, that, the, the open was good with McDowell. That, Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> McDowell, you know, in the open, it was pretty entertaining because you had McDowell chasing down Ty Gibbs, was it? Yeah. Was really uh, yeah. Mad. They got into it. Yep. And then he, he, in the, uh, he, the he open. retaliated, there. right? Didn't he? He, yep. he got him and retaliated, I think. He got, he went after him. I, he talked about, I don't know if he actually did or not because Ty ended up moving on to advancing. So. Oh, I thought he, I thought he bumped him. Or something he, he might have he, he talked about it and he might have a little bit but they he it didn't actually impact him because ty ended up advancing to the gotcha i think well uh the race wasn't very good and no. uh it re- ended up being the number 33 race of the year larson completely dominated had a way faster car got a 49.8 percent and i think honestly like the 49.8 percent was high. that that was high because of the just people wanted were happy North Wilkesboro was back, but if that had just been yeah. like a straight up race, that would have been the worst race of the year. I think that was a 100%. really bad race, really bad oh, race, horrible, horrible. And it's really it's too bad because there was all of this excitement and all this attention, and you just if you could have had just a decent race, I think it would have done wonders. And the other part of me says though, it doesn't even matter necessarily. You know, the race almost feels like an afterthought, which you know, I don't know well, if that's good or bad. You could say that for year one, but. Yeah. Oh no. For you too. And they repaved. They, re- they repaved. They repaved. So. so now that's that's probably going to be. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to do for this package. Well, 
they're testing the uh, short track package at Phoenix uh, in December. So maybe there's hope. But anyway, then it was off to the Coke 600. I went to the Indy 500. You went to the Coke 600. And um, seemingly out of nowhere, because at the time, uh, all the talk was about how Ford had done nothing except for Joey mm-hmm. Logano's. Joey Logano, up till the 600 in late May, Logano winning that super speedway race at Atlanta was the only Ford win. Mm-hmm. And actually, when Ryan Blaney wins the 600, that's still only Ford's second win all the way up until Richmond on uh, July 30th. Mm-hmm. So in the first 21 races of this season, Ford gets two wins. We assume they're a complete non-factor for the championship and the playoffs. They look like they're in big trouble as a, as a manufacturer as a whole. Um, up until Busher figures it out, uh, which we'll talk about coming up. But this Blaney 600 win, that was a big moment for him. His first crown jewel win. Um, the race did get rained out. Um, you had, I mean, it was, it was just a great race. This ends up as the number two race of the year, even though it's almost, oh, wow. f- yeah, almost a five hour race, 91.2% in the poll, uh, four hour, 59 minute race and Blaney wins it. Like 16 uh, cautions too, or something, some huge number of cautions. Yeah. But people were, yeah, it was 16 cautions. It It was fantastic. And it didn't feel long. Like you had all these cautions. It's NASCAR's longest race. It didn't feel like a 600 mile race. It flew by. It it was on that Monday too. It was on that Monday. Cause it got postponed Um, cause of rain. It was just, it was, would become a recurring theme through the next few months. Yep. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was, and it was great. It was a breakthrough win for Blaney after a long winless drought. Um, it was a big deal for Ford and it felt like they had maybe turned the corner a little bit. And then obviously there's another moment too, that happened in that race that a lot of people were talking about. Yeah. Obviously the Elliott intentional crash of Hamlin, which we immediately said, well, that's gotta be a suspension based on the Bubba Larson precedent from the year earlier. And then NASCAR, as much as I'm sure they didn't love it, they suspend um, Elliot for Gateway the next week, uh, which was they had to do it. I mean, they had to. put them in a position. They had, they had, they had, they had, had to, do to do it. Um, yeah, and kudos to NASCAR for doing it. Like, they didn't, then from what I understand, like there was no hesitation or anything like that. That was an immediate. All the the decision makers involved knew, like we we don't have a choice. That that we we have to suspend him. And look, I mean, um, thirty one lead changes. Uh, at an intermediate race coming off the 37 lead changes at Kansas, uh, the 28 lead changes at Fontana. It's just like, man, the, the intermediate track package when it's, when it's clicking, right. Uh, it's a beautiful thing like it was in this one. So, um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, anything else from, from that weekend that jumped out? I, nope. Okay. No, so, that was those are big things. It's on the gateway. Um, and that really, even though Kyle Busch won this one, uh, I don't really remember that part of it as much as the big talk about LaJoy filling in for Elliott and not having a good race. Yep. That was a struggle. And it was, you know, this was Corey LaJoy's big opportunity with a with a big-time team. He had, he had really kind of built his career up slowly, you know, stacking pennies. And Spire and that seven team had done a really good job this year. They had been running well. And here was Corey getting tabbed because the Xfinity series was out in Portland. They're, they couldn't lean on Josh Berry. They asked Corey to get in that race car. Here was Corey's opportunity. What was he going to do with it? And 
it did not go well. In qualifying, he struggled. I think he actually brushed the wall in qualifying. And then the race itself, early on, he had an issue. Uh, he hit the kill switch or something of that nature, and he just struggled. And eventually, towards the end, he kind of got better, and he moved up a little bit. But it was not the weekend that some thought that Corey LaJoy was going to have. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> I'm getting choked up here with my froggy voice. But You thinking about Fontana or what? <laughs> This was also notable because <clears throat> this was host of our shining moment. This was host of our debut and host of our got in Corey's car and really did a good job. Uh, I, listen, I know you're going to miss Bristol dirt, Jeff. It's okay. You can just open up and talk about it. I'm here to listen for you. You can just share your feelings in an open, safe space. It's okay. I'm fine. I even have a cough drop in. I'm still doing this. So. <laughs> Just carry, carry me for a little bit here until I recover. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Uh, but host of our debut and was running very, very well in that seven car um, before he had a mechanical, he had a brake rotor. That was an issue in this race too, which is kind of a precursor, I guess, to the championship four a little bit. Uh, there was a rash of, of guys who had brake failures, uh, brake rotor failures, and ended up crashing. Baba had one. I think Reddick did too. Um, host of our did. And so, yeah, um, but he did a really good job of, of, of impressing in his cup debut. It's a good point about the brake rotors because remember the conversation afterwards was like, well, this is just sort of a gateway thing because the way the track is shaped, like the the brakes, they cool and heat up again and it expands them and uh, with the long straightaways that they have there. But, you know, we probably won't see this again except for gateway and then poor Christopher Bell and the... Uh, I was going to say, Christopher Bell would like to say, um, excuse me. Which was a similar style track. It uh, is. It a is. A little bit, so... All right, on to, on to Sonoma. Uh, this one right. was a... Oh, by the way, the Gateway race, sorry, was uh, number 25 of the year, 65.3%. On to Sonoma, which was not a good race. Um, yeah, Truex won. Truex dominated. And it was this was really like Truex's back because yeah, he had really struggled at Sonoma the year before. Mm-hmm. And it, he looked like completely out to lunch. And uh, then he comes back and... It's like, oh yeah, when you give him a good car, he can do this kind of thing. This, you know, this race obviously didn't have the stage breaks and people were starting to go, oh, this is, is this good? I don't know. Maybe it's not so good. Um, If Denny doesn't crash at the start finish line while racing Byron for, I don't know, seventh or something. It was, I don't know. It was Uh, something on top. Yeah. That there might not have been any cautions for a while. Uh, also, I remember this one because uh, this was sort of the start of NASCAR. I think it was the start of NASCAR being transparent, showing off illegal parts that they had confiscated and stuff. Um, and then also Shaq was supposed to do a, D- a DJ concert uh, at pre-race, and he was late. I guess there was a lot of traffic. Remember uh, Kyle Busch, I was supposed to do an interview with him. He yeah. was late too. There were 12 questions with Kyle Busch. Yeah, he was late. So there was a lot of uh, – there was a lot of traffic that weekend. Shaq was late, so then he had, ended up staying afterward to do a post-race concert. And you had this picture of him and Truex, where Truex, who's not that short, looks like a you know a tiny little guy compared to Shaq. And Truex was just like, yeah, I mean, they brought me out of victory lane. They brought me backstage to meet Shaq or whatever. And it was like, he was a nice guy. Sure, whatever. Um, so, But I think he said he had met him before. Maybe yeah, they Dale met Jr. Him was doing the, you know, the race the TV show. Shaq. Shaq versus yeah. show or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So that was not a good race. Again, third worst race of the year. 43.2%. Less said the better. Then it's on to Nashville where the previously un 
heard of, uh, unheard from Nat Ross Chastain suddenly jumps up and wins in Trackhouse's hometown. You're like, Oh, well, geez, we hadn't really heard from him, but here he is. Uh, here he is back. I don't really remember anything about that other than Chastain winning. Yeah, I mean, Truex had led a lot of laps, was a contention. Hamlin was a contention. Led, I think he led the most laps, but but Chastain won him going away, and he kind of did it in a clean manner. And it was like, whoa, bad. You know, they went through this little mini slump. He's back. Justin Marks came in the media center afterwards, and, you know, there was a lot of questions about his remarks a few weeks prior to that and whether they were pulling in Ross Chastain, and he kind of clarified that a little bit. And it just was a lot of excitement because this was Trackhouse's home win. The other big thing from this race is Ryan Blaney had a really bad crash. He ended up crashing, you know, head on into a unprotected barrier, uh, unprotected concrete wall. Um, you know, that for whatever reason, it, it was decided that they didn't need the safety barrier there. And that was like, whoa, really? And that happened on a restart. And it was like one of those crashes you're like, man, that just, you can't have it. Like if there, there's a concrete wall on the racetrack anywhere, it needs to have a, a safer barrier on it. It felt like we were going down a road we had been down many times before and having conversations that frankly we thought we were, we were done having. Well, that brings us to Chicago and boy, was that a tremendously memorable weekend for a lot of different reasons. Um, it starts off so well, everybody's in this great mood doing the track walk. Um, you know, everybody's staying at these hotels, like pretty much right across the street from the track. It was, you know, you got there and you're like, wow, NASCAR really did this. Like they really built the street course in Chicago. They, it off. they, I mean, it looked, it looked really good. It looked absolutely world-class, you know, it was the, a Jurassic the, the Park fencing moment. and yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it was just, you're like, this is really cool. I mean, this is like one of the coolest things I've ever done ever. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Then just out of seemingly nowhere during the Xfinity race, there's a lightning strike, which delays things. And there's like another one. And it's like, well, it's not, the rain might not even come. And they're like, well, that's it. The race is over. Uh, and we're, we're going to have to evacuate. They end up calling the Xfinity race short, right? Like before the halfway point. Yeah. Which was short of halfway. Unprecedented. Then the rain like really, 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 really starts, right? And it didn't stop. And then it was just like a biblical flood uh, where it wasn't just some rainstorm. It just kept, it was like, it sat over the track and kept swirling and swirling. And uh, okay. the next morning, you know, we didn't even want to go to the track because it was like so rainy to walk, you know, five blocks. It was, you're going to get soaked. Um, and it's looking grim. Uh, it's looking like, What's going to happen here? Can they even race? Like, yeah. remember, is that race? Is the race going to, can they move it to Monday? Because right. they can just they even this, do it? Yeah. Can they do it? This race is in downtown Chicago. Can they race on Monday? And you know, what's going to happen? Is it going to be postponed? How late can they go? There was just all of this uncertainty about what was going to happen. You just, did you but, just put the thumbs down on me again? I was talking and the thumbs down came out. So I don't know why I would do it to myself. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, the concerts got canceled. Remember that? Like oh, yeah. the Chainsmokers I concert. That. I was really hoping to bring you the Chainsmokers concert. And you had said you refused because you do your best work on a Saturday night. Yeah, Remember it's true. Thing? Yeah, yeah, I know what I did at Saturday night. I, did a, I worked. I did a good job. Okay, good for you. Congrats. Um, anyway, 
Well, actually, no. We we went to dinner on that Saturday. We night. went to dinner, and then oh. I ditched you. Well, you I didn't did ditch you. you. I asked. I asked you if you. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. I asked if you wanted to continue the night with me, as I was going to go out and and do your and best work. Do my best work, and you were like, "No, I'm going back to bed." And I'm like, "All right, yeah, I'm going whatever. back to the hotel. Screw that." And I got back at like two a.m. or two thirty, something like that, after a few cocktails. Yeah. Um. So we also uh, we forgot we had we had NASCAR night at Wrigley. Yeah, that's right. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Harrison Burton, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. sang the seventh inning stretch. They had uh, all these NASCAR themed things at the Cubs game. Yeah. Um, but there were some really weird things about this weekend too. Like they had, they ended up bringing the national anthem people, which I don't even think ever aired on TV. Um, because so. the, the way that they had to start the show, uh, they did the national anthem from inside the media center. Uh, like on this little stage, it was such a weird because like nobody really clapped. I, I guess the people in the media center clapped afterwards. Then Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, comes in and does the command from inside the media center because it was raining. But they end up getting somehow. The, the remember, there's all these pictures on pit road and stuff. Of the, the course is like this much flooded. Like there's all these inches of water. It's like it's look at how they're going to clear this. They end up draining the course. They end up getting the race started. The first part, you know, has all the, you know chaos and stuff the drivers keep going into the the barriers in that one turn i think it was turn six maybe noah gregson went into that those like the tires times. like multiple yeah. times true was in there a couple times harvard got tyler in there. reddick go in while he was leading or something no that was christopher bell uh he was leading early and he got i think it was christopher bell i thought reddick, reddick had a mistake there too yeah maybe it was there's it a was one a part where the whole track got blocked and then they they messed up the, the you know they there was a controversial scoring. scoring thing. And then, yep. of course, they come on the radio and say, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to have to cut this race short. Due to mm-hmm, darkness, which it got a lay start. But it's so it turned out that they would you, you looking back, they would never have gotten the full race in anyway. Yeah, uh, they would have had to cut it short anyway due to darkness, even if it had been because there were so many cautions. That it was taking so long. Yeah. They have since cut the distance for next year. So that's good. But of course, Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, Ooh. he had been a story a little bit coming to the weekend. He looked good in practice. He looked good in qualifying, but it was like, can he really like, you know, cause we had just seen yeah. Kimi Räikkönen, and Jensen button. We're like, yeah, well, like, there's he, a you know, difference maybe he'll between, finish top 10. Yeah. There's a difference between practicing and qualifying. Well, cause Jordan Taylor qualified well at Coda qualified fourth. And then once the race starts, it's a whole different ball game. Plus, you've got pit stops and everything else. And it was like, eh, if he can go there and finish top ten, that's gonna he's gonna be really good about that. No one thought. I, I, I couldn't believe he won. I really, I'm still blown away. In his first career Cup start, just comes over, makes it look from so Australia easy. Supercars, kicks everybody's butt. There was a lot of talk afterwards from the drivers of like, is this good or bad? Yeah, you know, drivers were mixed on like, did this make us look, you know embarrassing or not but mm-hmm. it turned out you know because he came back for uh, another road course race and didn't do quite a, i mean he still did fine but like these were the perfect circumstances right for for yeah. him to you know he he's already a street course ace he it, it was a track nobody had ever been at before nobody had ever condition. seen before wet conditions for a lot of it um and he you know had driven the closest similar cars you know it's not like indycar yeah. coming over i mean australia supercars are the most similar to cup cars and it just all worked out perfectly. And it's now he's going to be able to parlay that into a NASCAR career. We'll see what his, his, you know, exact plans are for next year in terms of how many races he does in what series and all that kind of stuff. But he's clearly, uh, 
making a go at it. And you could say almost, I don't, I don't know how much you directly attribute to the Chicago weekend, but that was big for him. I mean, that was a pretty big moment. Um, and it was, I mean, it, unbelievably it was, impressive. It was such a big moment that it went from, this was going to be a one-off to all of a sudden to, Oh, this is going to become something potentially more, which it is now has becoming that is now he's going to come over here and run full time. And so, yeah, I mean, this, this really was the domino effect that got things you know going. And this was the, uh, number 10 race of the year, the best road slash street course race of the year at 84.5%. I think the racing was better than everybody expected as well. Cause I remember everybody thought, Hey, if this is going to be a bad race, this layout, mm-hmm. is this going to be any decent at all? Anything decent at all? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was way better. So I'm, I'm very excited for this for year two to see if they can have a clean weekend and, and how that all goes. So we start the second half of the season now, uh, well over an hour into our podcast. The second half of the podcast won't take as long because we don't have as many memories from recent stuff, you know, that we don't have to remind people of, I guess. But this season, this season felt very top heavy. You mean early? It was yeah, a lot more eventful. Like it, a lot of yeah. this stuff happened earlier on. And, and, That's so and true. Later. A lot of the big yeah. storylines were whether it's the penalties, the Chastain drama, yeah. the Chicago stuff, Fight. North Wilkesboro. Yeah, the yeah. fight, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, in the second half, it started to get kind of quiet for a while there. Yeah, I, I would like. say I mean, we talked about that in the playoffs and how the playoffs were, they felt very kind of muted. Yeah. So it's at, off to Atlanta. Um, that was a rain-shortened race. Uh, Byron won. I don't really remember yeah. much about it's it. Good. But it's people fine. thought it was a good race. Uh, I think the rain, the rain, knowing that the rain was coming, was what really made that race great, right? There was a there was yep. an urgency to that race. It ends up as the number five race of the year. Wow, uh, I would not 80, have guessed that. Eighty-seven point or eighty-seven point zero. So yeah, eighty-seven percent. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was uh, people. People really liked it. I don't know. I don't yeah. really. I, I think I just. I think it was one of those things where you knew it was going to get rain shortened, probably, and who's yeah. going to get out front. Winning move, by the way, just quickly, winning move of moving that race from the middle of the day where it had been and hot and awful conditions to evening race. So good move Yeah, there. that was a Sunday night, so that opened yep. the door for more Sunday night events too instead of Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Then New, New Hampshire, which, you know, I always sort of associate rain with New Hampshire, but I didn't realize there had never been a rain out there um, until this year because uh, sure. there, there have been rain delays yeah. Um, and rainy weekends and stuff, but I guess never rain out. Uh, but that was Truex's uh, revenge sort of, of he probably should have won that race last year. until a bad pit call. Um, this year he finishes it off, gets it done. Uh, I think really felt like he was sort of unchallenged there. And that only reaffirmed that was the number 26 race of the year, by the way, uh, 65.2%. But that, at the time we thought, Hey, is this, are these results that we're seeing at New Hampshire? Is this the last best test before Phoenix? And yeah. we, we thought there was a lot of reason to think yes, because you had Truex, you know, he was on his way to winning the regular season champion championship. He leads 254 out of 301 laps there. And it's like, well, yeah, this is probably, these are probably going to be who you're looking at. Um, you had Larson, uh, finished third. Um, now, but when you look down Blaney, I don't think Blaney had a, 
memorable race on that one. Where is Blaine? He had a didn't he have a he, he had a he was, no, no no but that's not that's a little unfair. He was okay. running he was he was in like second third. He was running very very well and they had an issue on pit road. I don't know if he sped or the team had a mistake or something oh, okay. and that's what dropped him down. I like I, mean, I can look really quick but that was the problem. He was running You're right. Very, he very finished well. he finished third in stage 2. Yeah. And he had so, an issue on pit road, so that was why he fell down. Makes sense. Don't ask me why I remember these things. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the top five in stage two, and it was Truex, Larson, Blaney, uh, mm-hmm. Logano, Hamlin. So there's a lot of reason to think at that point, like these are these are the type of people who we think are going to be, you know, could yeah. could contend at Phoenix. But um, anyway. It didn't really work out that way for Truex once playoffs happened, of course. Um, then it was off to Pocono, where a uh, pretty decent race. Uh, it's a number 14 race of the year, 81.1. Of course, the big notable headline here is Hamlin uh, and his good friend Kyle Larson get into it. Hamlin wins the race, says, you can boo my rock out here. Afterwards, he's getting booed. You have uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd taken that video of the five team on pit road standing there arms crossed as Hamlin does the burnout going by them. Larson was way outspoken after this race for his standards, blasting Denny. The buddies say the buddies always know Denny's always right. Um, all that stuff. Uh, I remember at this race, Hendrick, uh, the PR was trying to get Larson like, Hey, let's, let's get out of here after you do TV. Like we don't want, you know, you don't need to do all this media stuff. And, and Larson said, no, I'm not afraid to do, media and he stood there and he did all the media which of course as a media person you really appreciate um <laughs> and uh he he answered all the questions and was very frank about how this is gonna you know change their relationship in some ways but he said they'd probably still play golf but i think this this definitely uh had some big moments i mean you you had the the thing here with the there's the austin dylan hard crash and he threw his helmet at reddick forgot about that yep. and then Former teammate. the big uh Logano, the audio of him blasting the tow truck driver. Oh, yes. Just that melting down because he's got the flat tires. He's in turn one and his car's backwards. He can't, he's basically a beached whale. Yeah. Tow truck drivers coming there and they're having all sorts of issues and trying to figure it out. And he is just hey. melting down. Hey. <laughs> that was, oh my God. That was one of the best moments of the entire season. That was hilarious. I'm good. And I thought his anger was justified. Like they, he wasn't. Yeah. You know, fat I think, tires yeah, I mean, shouldn't beat you like that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's it's hard to criticize like that. I mean, you're in the middle of a competition. You're, you're this is competing, and they're not understanding what he wanted him to do. And he's like, "That's what I'm trying yeah. to tell you." Yeah, so <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Uh, so then it was another Richmond one, and this was really where these next two weeks were sort of the like the where did Chris Busher come from? Yeah, uh, kind of thing where. Chris Busher goes out and wins Richmond like convincingly. Right. Um, and you're like, wow, okay. Well, what is this about? Um, it wasn't a great of a race. I mean, it got a the number 30 race of the year, got a 53.9%, but Busher, I mean, it was just like, whoa. Boom. Okay. Yeah. We all like, expected like Hendrick to be well, or we, you know, Joe Gibbs racing is always really good here. It was not, Chris was not somebody and he was having a fine season up until then. But he w- didn't look like he was ready to break through and get a win, and especially not at Richmond. And lo and behold, yeah, because um, both he and Keselowski were let's see, B- 
Busher was he was thirteenth in points at that point. Keselowski mm-hmm. was eleventh. Keselowski actually led the most laps in this race, mm-hmm. hundred two. So it was like RFK. Okay, do we need to start paying attention to them? And then, um, yeah, they, there was only three cautions in that race. That so was not a good race. Then the next weekend at Michigan, it gets postponed. Mm-hmm. Another rain out. Uh, I think it just, it started. They didn't get to halfway. I think they got like maybe 80 laps in or something. I had to fly home, um, got back in time, but, um, yeah. So this was, uh, then Busher wins again, back to back weeks. And you're like, what is going on here? Uh, that Michigan race got, was the number nine race of the year, 85.7%. Um, that was just like, wow, I can't believe. And, And it was like, okay, we really, really need to pay attention to Busher at this point. Um, really impressive. And that, that started to turn around the narrative for Ford as well, because again, through to that point in the first 21 races, Ford had won two times. We're like, they're a non-factor. Then as the playoffs are starting to approach, all of a sudden Busher goes out and wins two straight races, which will be followed up by a third by Michael McDowell the next week, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, and it was like, okay, maybe Ford has, has found something here. Like, do, do we need to start taking them seriously? We were kind of torn. At least we, we thought we need to take RFK seriously. And that was sort of their breakout moment. So, yeah, uh, that was also the Michigan one was when, uh, the Noah Gregson social media post thing broke and he was replaced at legacy. And, uh, that was, that was the end of that. Then he asked for his release later, I guess, or was fired depending on, who you ask? So. Parted, part, they parted ways. Parted ways. Is, is the, probably the verbiage to use there is they parted ways. Mutually agreed to part ways. Okay. So then it goes <laughs> to Indy where this was the really the emotional Michael McDowell breakout moment. Um, this was another argument. I I thought this race was really entertaining, even I though it, it only had I really did. one caution. But I thought you didn't need cautions because – you never felt like there, there was a good race with McDowell the whole time at the end there. Like Elliot was trying to could could Elliot win? Could Elliot, you know, um, on his bumper and McDowell had to, you know, drive sort of this flawless race there. Um, and he ends up winning by less than a second despite despite a, an incredibly long run. The there was that the caution was early in that race, right? Let's see, it was on it was lap two. It was early. It was early, very early. Yeah, and then so the entire last last 77 laps of that race, of a road course race, go green, and it's decided by less than a second without stages. McDowell just had to drive his guts out um, and gets sort of this, you know, it felt like the biggest win of his career because, you know, his family was there. Um, you know, it was it was more significant than the Daytona 500 win. Uh, just the way he went out and earned it. Yeah, well, it was on super speedway. I mean, yeah. he said that as much. It was a question I asked him. Like, you know, you, you won Daytona. We're not dismissing winning that because you're, you're very good at super speedway races. But to do it on a road course and to do it with a, a mid-sized team where you're not expected to do this, he, he admitted like it meant more. And it meant, it, meant, it meant something. And to go out there and to beat the best – and the way they did it, where this wasn't like they backed into it in any way, shape, or form. They just went out there and beat everybody. You don't see that. And that was that was it was I liked that race. And it was disappointing that that race ended up being the last for stage breaks. No, 
Watkins Glen next well, week. I that was, was what that was what torpedoed. That's did. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because that was this. Did but this set the table though. Really. Right. So you have back to back road courses. Yeah. This Indy road course is the number 19 race of the year. It gets 72.6 percent. Then you go to Watkins Glen the next week, and it's the second worst race of the year. Again, only one caution. Byron wins it, and people just felt like I think they were over road courses at the time. Oh. They didn't feel like it was exciting. It got a 39.6%, and that was the doom of stage breaks. I, I was trying to be a little bit more positive because I didn't want stage breaks to go away and people to blame them for that. I didn't think that would make a difference um, in the quality of the racing there. Um, it just, that that yeah. doomed it. That was a, that it just wasn't, wasn't good enough. Um, everybody thought that one, Elliot, this is like Elliot's chance to make the this playoffs. Is it. We, coming out of Indy, I, you and I were both in agreement. Elliot was really good at Indy. We're like, he's going to Watkins Glen. It's this is his race. He I is said he favorite. was going to win it, right? Yeah, I, I did too. Spotter Brett made fun of me on DBC so much because I was like, <laughs> Elliot is going to win it. Mark my words. This is his. He's absolutely going to get it done. Uh, it, it's all the tables all set for him. Um, he, he didn't get it done. His teammate won instead, and yeah. uh, and not only did he not win. They end up having he ended up struggling in qualifying. He made a mistake in qualifying, wasn't fast. And then in the race, he ends up running out of fuel. And well, any Yeah, they 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 miscalculated that one. That was a bad move or whatever they were they trying to do. But yeah, they I, weren't gonna win anyway. Yeah, they didn't have race winning speed. Now they they would have maybe finished in the top, they were running in the top ten at the time. And so that really put a a pin in any ch- any chance he had of getting in on points in the playoffs, that was done at that point. Like that was it was it. It was yep. like at that point it was win or bust. Because there was still there was still an avenue where he could have maybe got in on points. Yep. So then we return to the we return to Daytona. Kurt Bush has his official retirement press conference there. Um and it was time to decide who's going to make the playoffs. Um Daytona Regular season cutoff race, number three race of the whole year, 91.1%. Uh, another Busher win, by the way, to give Ford yeah. four wins in five races on four different types of racetracks. Maybe that should have been our hint that uh, <laughs> they could be strong in the playoffs or you know, at least one of them would be. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was I think notable for Bubba Wallace making the playoffs for the first time. Michael Jordan on pit road afterwards, yep, um, celebrating with them, um, and it was just a great race. I'm so sad that this won't be in the cutoff spot next year. Uh, Can't really unfortunate, it. really unfortunate there. Um, but uh, this obviously, I think, will I don't know if most remembered, but. That the priest crash oh. that took your breath away. I know. Yeah, that was Ugh. that was one of the worst crashes I've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course he he has to go to the hospital, but you know he climbs out of the car. Yeah, uh, that was the thing, and yeah. that was just like, oh my gosh, he's <clears throat> he's walking out of the car. Uh, yeah, that was I, insane. That that wreck, holy crap. Um, I remember you and I, I don't think we said anything. We just kind of looked at each other and it was like this knowing look of like, Oh, 
this is bad. Like we, I think we, I know what I was thinking and I'm pretty sure you were thinking the same thing. We like, we're like, Oh, we need to go into that mode now. Right. Like this is, it, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to say it. Like it, it reminded me of the Newman crash. Like it was the same, it was the same thing of like, we, in that situation, we both looked at each other like, and was just like, boom, we're, we're in that mode now. And it was like, it felt for a minute there, it felt like, okay, what is going on here? This, this is, this, this just went to a whole different level. Yeah. And look, um, I started covering NASCAR in 2004, so I have never covered knock on wood. I've never covered a death in NASCAR and you know, all the writers older than me, even by a few years, were all at the 2001, uh, 500 or were around in 2000 when multiple mm-hmm. fatalities happened. And, um, you know, it's sort of a reminder when you see this stuff, like, yes, he, he got out of that car, but it's, it's, it's so important that safety keeps improving. Cause it, it's just not someday it's, it's racing and, and look, somebody's, I mean, it's just going to happen again. You can't, you can't be naive enough to say it's never going to happen again. Yeah. You can, no matter what safety precautions you take. And I, and I think NASCAR does a good job. It just, this is a very dangerous sport. And I think people lose sight of that sometimes because it has been 23 years now since someone's been killed in one of these races. And it's, it's, it's their safety records amazing, but as great as the safety record is though, too, like sometimes you just, your luck is going to run out at some point. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty scary to think. About, and it but... felt like much like the Newman crash, watching this crash as bad as it was, it was, there was a minute there. Or you just didn't know. And to see him get out of that race car was like, wow, I can't, wow, wow. (laughs) So Priest doesn't miss a race, comes back the next week. Bob, of course, asks him about his eyes and he takes off his sunglasses and his eyes are all freaking swollen. And that was crazy. Big viral moment. I think that is like the most, I think that might be the most seen TikTok video ever on NASCAR's social channels, something like that. They had a, crazy that went that went crazy viral on tiktok for them that moment of the sunglasses um so you get to darlington playoff start and um it opens with a larson win this was uh the number 11 race of the year 83.8 percent um what else do you remember about this race you were there uh it felt weird starting a playoff without chase elliott <laughs> and that chase wasn't, you know, it kind of was an afterthought mode, which is very unusual. Playoffs were starting, and it felt like, you know, was this going to be a continuation of Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin and, and dominant regular season? And one of the, the big takeaway, though, was the Kevin Harvick thing of Kevin has not won a race to this point. He had, it looked like the fastest race car at the end of the race there. And was certainly going to be in position to win this race, whether he would have or not, who knows, but he certainly was going to be in a really good spot. And then it went all awry because of well, circumstances. He was, he was trying to pit. Yeah. Rodney Childers called him in to, to try to jump Tyler Reddick or, or they, I think they were slightly ahead of Tyler Reddick, right? Yeah. It was Reddick. No, Reddick was leading maybe. Reddick was behind him and he was ahead of Lar- was behind Larson Reddick, or what? No, I think Reddick was leading the race. Yeah, that's then right. Harvick pits. Yep. And Reddick is trying to, I think, react by coming to pit road, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and whatever happened, so Reddick ends up making the mistake there. Uh, and Harvick 
is unable to, I mean, you look back, they say, well, why did you still pit? You know, um, you know, they, they, they end up, if they had gone down pit road and just driven through, uh, but they pitted on a closed pit road. Yeah. That really hurt them. I mean, their strategy was probably it screwed at that, it didn't, at yeah, that point. Their, they their were track position sunk. was gone anyway. They were already sunk at that point. Um, and that was sort of like, that was a great chance for them to win. Also, I think this is the, the race. I think Denny was dominating this race and he had a loose wheel. Yep. I think he led 177 laps in this race. Um, and he had a loose re- wheel to take him out. So, yeah. and uh, Larson ends up winning and said, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just afterwards. And what this meant for that four team is they knew they let one get away. And Kevin, after the race was upset, frustrated, and he knew like they had their shot to win, hadn't won all year last season. This would have been it. And Rodney was um, very upset. Like just said, like I don't care about making the championship four because that's a crapshoot and everything else. I want to win a race in my driver's final year, and this was our opportunity. And we don't know if we're going to get that again. And in the big picture, it will also that win. By the way, would have kept Harvick in the playoffs because it would have advan- automatically advanced him, and that. That is something to keep in mind as we move forward as well. Mm, man, that was a that would have been a great moment. It would have been huge. Um, so yeah, that was the number eleven race of the year. Then it's off to Kansas two, which was um, another pretty good intermediate track race. Reddick wins this one. He beats Denny Hamlin, his boss. Um, this was the number six race of the year, eighty six point four percent. I was there, but I don't really remember that much about this race or anything of what happened. Although I remember, I remember Jones ran pretty well. Um, and it was like, man, the legacy cars are starting to come on strong pretty good, but I don't really remember. Uh, I remember, I just remember Reddick and Hamlin, um, racing for the win. Is that came down to a lot. Hamlin was going to win this race, had a, you know, multi-second lead in hand. And then there was a caution that came out very late for the 17 car. Um, that re-racked the field. Tyler Reddick got the best of uh, on the restart and led. He only led two laps all day and ends up winning that race and putting himself into the next round. There you go. Yeah, it was overtime, huh? Yeah, overtime yep. to end it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. It's weird how I, some of these races are just. Mm, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and I was there, and it wasn't even that long ago. It was like nine weeks ago. Uh, uh, so then you go to the Bristol Night Race. Uh, starts off with. Uh, the Xfinity series race where Dale jr. Is really, really running. Well, looks like he might win. Then oh, he suddenly yeah. has to pull in with his car catching on fire. His fire suit gets burned. Um, yeah, it's leg. and of course, uh, Denny ends up winning. This race is the round one cutoff race. And one of the moments of the season where he says, you know, they're booing him and he says, I beat your favorite driver. And Marty Snyder says, which one? And Denny says, all of them. Um, <laughs> People did not like that, uh, but this is the uh, moment where Bubba not, is not only making the make made the next round of the playoffs, but he's advanced. Uh, sorry, he made not only made the playoffs, but advanced to the next round in his first trip. He's exhausted afterwards, slumps down by his car. Um, this was, uh, you know, I think more people were hoping for fireworks. I don't know. Um, yeah, it wasn't the Bristol race that people were expecting. I mean, it was, it yeah, was, it, it was the number was, 27 race of the year. It got 61.6%. Yeah. So. Well, it wasn't the slam bam, you know, classic no. short track race that we typically see. This was kind of a runaway in the last, 
How many last 100 and some laps were run uh, caution-free? The last 131 laps were run caution-free, which is not, you know, Denny came on the po- on this podcast afterwards and talked about that. It's just this, this was not, this was a very different Bristol race. Yeah. I mean, that's when you have a long green front flag run like that to end uh, a Bristol race with, and it's the only pavement Bristol race of the year, concrete Bristol race of the year. You're like, ah, uh, it was only yeah. a two hour, 48 minute race. And just, you're like, all right, something happened, but nothing did. So then it goes to round two of the playoffs. Um, big moment here because now it's starting to get down to crunch time a little bit. And this is a, a William Byron win. Although it was Bubba who really, um, I think he led the most laps in this race. Mm-hmm. Um, Bubba. And then this was the, uh, this was the race where Larson was racing really hard and mm-hmm. uh, the car just snapped around on him arrow wise and he ends up crashing out and you're like, uh Oh, uh, he ends up finishing 31st. You're like this, this could be bad for, for Larson here after he had led almost a hundred laps that race um, and just snapped around on him while, while he was racing Bubba. Right. And it, it didn't, it was no fault of Bubba's. No, um, it was a restart and they're racing hard and Larson got in under, it was underneath him and drove in probably a little too hard or, and then the arrow and everything kind of took that car around. And, and Larson said later that with these cars, it, it just almost like snaps sometimes. And, and that's what happened in this case and sent him in the wall. And at that moment, you're like, whoa, okay. That just, you just went from being comfortably in a good spot to now you're going into Talladega and the Roval after that. And you're, you're in a bad, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. I mean, this put Larson right on the cutoff. He was only plus two leaving this race. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like, Oh geez, like this, you know, especially with his, his record at Talladega and stuff, not good. Um, so this was actually not a bad race by Texas standards though. It was number 28 of the year and, uh, got a 59.5%. Pop the champagne bottles. And that was, that was, uh, Hendrick's big. 200th, right? Yeah. That was Hendrick's big win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So then it goes to Talladega. Uh, you were at this one. And mm-hmm. um, this was a uh, the, the big Blaney win that he credits to turning around his momentum for the whole playoffs. Yeah. And it started a run, uh, a stretch over the last part of the year where he was you know, any worthiness of questioning his, his, you know, whether he's a worthy champion or not. I look at this stretch starting at Talladega and you're like, listen, this guy just won what three of the last six races of the year. Um, and this is one of those races where you look at Talladega, you know, and I, and I say this all the time, I don't think drivers get enough credit for being good in these races. And there's a reason why a lot of these guys win the, you know, the same guys win these races. And Blaney's a perfect example of that, of how he managed that race because it came down to he and Harvick at the end there, and Byron was in the mix. And the move that Blaney made on the backstretch to go from the high line down low, basically threading a needle to make the pass, and then had the presence of mind not to carry himself too far forward in front of Harvick, who is now on his outside, because if he had he would have then opened up the outside line for Byron to make a move on him. Instead, Blaney had the presence of mind to kind of throttle back a little bit and kind of manage it and basically boxed in Byron. Brilliant move. Brilliant move. Locks Blaney in the next round. And if you're talking about how a driver wins a championship in all the little moments, this is certainly one of those. Yeah, that was huge. Um, I mean, he he was 
fourth in points, even though he was locked in after this race, but, um, you don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, you know, I think he, he ultimately he was, would have made it anyway, uh, without the win. But, um, so this sets up a moment going into the Roval now where Keselowski was on the cut line plus mm-hmm. two, but Reddick was minus two. And we all just felt like I this mean, is Reddick's going to pass Kozlowski yeah. on this, in this moment, unless somebody falls out or something happens. Cause you had, um, the other ones below the cut line were Wallace, Chastain, Bush. And it was like, well, I mean, are they going to be able to, you know, you, you just didn't get the sense that something was going to happen there to, to carry them forward necessarily. Um, and indeed the Roval, uh, you know, you go and it, well, I should say, first of all, Talladega, that Talladega race was number seven race of the year at 86.2%. Um, and then the Roval, uh, you know, again, it's just sort of afterwards you go, why isn't this on the oval? Um, Almondinger won, you know, nice win for him. The, the one mo- shining moment of colleague season. Um, but Reddick finishes sixth, um, and Keselowski 18th and, um, you know, Reddick just sort of easily moves on. Um, yeah. He plays the, he played the stage point game, picked up a bunch of stage points and it wasn't even, it wasn't even there close. Was no, there was no, there was no drop. Nothing really ever happened. Right. In this race, no. like playoff wise, it was ever, that was just, no. right. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not forgetting something. No. Uh, I mean, Kyle Busch was in contention for the win late. If Kyle would have won, he would have locked him into the next yeah, round. That's right. But he finished it, third. It, and there was a moment there because there was a late restart. I think there's two late restarts um, where it was like, man, what is Kyle going to do here? Like, what to what degree is Kyle going to force the issue and and to get that win that he needs? And Almendinger, it just never it never became a thing because Almendinger got the better restart and quickly, you know, pulled away. Well, and then Hamlin had crashed in this race, but he still had enough to make it anyway. Yeah. Um, he, he finished last actually in this race. Yeah. He had already clinched at that point. Right. So, um, then it, uh, we've got, we're down to our final eight. <clears throat> you go to Vegas where, uh, the eclipse happens during practice, uh, which was kind of fun. You know, it wasn't a big deal, but it, it was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and everybody was talking about, Hey, look at, uh, last couple years here, whoever wins his first, race in the round mm-hmm. of eight. Um, that's the path to championship. Yep. So we never really went back and looked. I mean, this was, uh, we thought it was going to be it. Christopher bell thought it was going to be his moment. Um, <laughs> it ends up being Kyle Larson. Bell thinks he, he missed out on his, his chance to make the final four. Um, but this was not the path to the championship for Kyle Larson, because even though he did make it and did have two weeks to work on it, um, by the way, the next week at Homestead, they say, well, we didn't, spend any time on Phoenix. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know if it would have made a difference, but probably could have used a little bit more. And you, you tell Cliff Daniels that I'll let you, you know, well, it didn't, it didn't work out for Hendrick. Hendrick just didn't have it at, at Phoenix no. or at the short tracks toward the end of the season. But no, I mean the, the, the speed that they had had for a lot of the year was starting to kind of erode a little bit. Like they were still good, but it wasn't to that elite level that we're used to seeing. And I think a quick note here as I'm looking at it, I didn't realize in the moment, the top four playoff drivers at Las Vegas, Larson, Bell, Blaney, Byron. Huh. 
So yeah. maybe that is a precursor, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Interesting. So, just interesting. Uh, yeah. Blaney finishes sixth in this race, Byron seventh. And actually at this race, we were like, Byron's a little bit off what we thought yeah. he would be. And there was yeah. some concern and about that. And uh, a quick, and it felt like a missed opportunity for really Reddick, especially uh, Hamlin a little bit. Cause you know, they, they finished, you know, tenth there, but you expected better. Well, and this he was, was Hamlin. Back. That was really Hamlin's chance in the end. Yeah. You look at it. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about Martinsville and stuff, but they this... lost five points here. And that was the, you know, they, they were running fifth or so and they got shuffled back late. Those points that they lost here and then the mechanical failure were it. And then I really felt like this was opportunity for Reddick at Las Vegas at Homestead to get that win. And it didn't happen. And then at that point, you're like, okay, now you're in trouble. And this ties for Truex's. Truex finished ninth in this one, which is his first top 10 of the playoffs yeah. at this point. Um, so this race, oh, I, I'm not sure. Did I say the Charlotte Roval was number 29 and got 58.8%? This race, the Las Vegas number two, it was okay by intermediate standards. It was Great number finish, eight, 18 of the year and uh, got 73%. So, yeah. Um, but Great yeah, again, finish. Bell Bell thinks, you know what? He says on pit road afterwards, I wish I could tell you I felt good about Homestead, but I hate this track, you know, going to this track. I'm, I've never <laughs> been good there and uh, I've struggled there. And, you know, he felt like he was kind of doomed. However, we go there the next week. You and I both got to go, and uh, we're standing on pit road with Bell afterwards, talking about Mister October, Mister Clutch. He's done it again. He's he's won. Yeah. Uh, he's raced his way into the final four, and um, that was a pretty good little race because it looked like Blaney should have won that race, and he, he had long past, speed. Yeah, he got passed late by Bell, um, and this was the race, of course, that you mentioned. Uh, defining moment for, for Denny Hamlin, um, because he looked like this was, he was going to be just fine. And he has this power steering, steering failure, uh, suddenly out of nowhere crashes. And that is, that is his playoffs. Truex, um, you know, was struggling anyway, and then had an engine blow up for the first time in a few years. So he's screwed at that point. Um, Busher, just, I don't know. He finished first and it wasn't, it wasn't going to be in contention. So, uh, that was a big moment. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, it, it just sort of set, set the stage for, for Martinsville, but the Martinsville, you know, going after this race, it was Byron was the points leader and you thought he was more than good. Turned out he barely hung on it the next week. <laughs> he needed but, all those points. Bell was in, Larson was in, and then Blaney was the one that was plus 10 on Reddick. But uh-huh. even in the moment, we're like, we didn't feel like Reddick was going to be able to make up 10 points on Blaney no. at Martinsville. Blaney, Blaney is so good at Martinsville. This is one of his best tracks. He had the best average finish of any driver, of any active driver. Though he never won a race there, he still had the best average finish. And you knew, you, you kind of assumed he was going to be in the contention for stage points. And in winning the race, the question going in the race was not whether Reddick could jump him or not. It was whether somebody below him could jump him, whether a Truex or a Hamlin, who are both really, really good at Martinsville, have multiple wins here. Could they come in in a essential must-win situation, and then that changed the narrative and changed the, the scope of the playoff? And what was interesting, to your point, is like we were never looking at, okay, can Hamlin catch Byron? Because yes, never. Hamlin and Truex were minus 37 to Byron. 
So the conversation was never, they were only minus 17 to Blaney. So it was like, yeah, can they outrun Blaney? We're like, ah, Blaney's pretty good. Right. Denny Martin might have to win unless they can get stage points, but it was never like, can Byron have a disastrous day and fall far enough back that he could possibly get past in points. That was never like a, even a consideration. No, I, I mean, I wrote it like he's got 30, I think it was 31 points. Right. And like that's a hell of a margin to have. Like that's a heck of a safety net. And you know, like, he had had fine. he had had thirty points to Reddick and thirty seven to Hamlin and okay. Trick. So I mean, and it you're was, like that's yeah. that's a great margin to have, and you're fine. And then as things played out, you're like, whoo, okay, yeah, you're you're going to need all of those points and then some, maybe. So you go to Martinsville and you're like, all right. What's gonna what's gonna happen here? Last year we had the Hail Melon, that's now outlawed. We got to see the Hail Melon car back at the track and Ross was sort of reliving that all that stuff a year later. Um and uh, you know, we this you know, this race was a couple weeks ago, so nobody needs to be reminded too much. But of course Blaney wins in uh definitely definitely uh, a precursor moment, like, hey, this guy, he's good on short track, right? And uh, he just won on a short track. Now they're going to another short track the next week to decide the championship. Yeah, that, where that he's finished second the last two races. And that was why I made him my championship pick right after Martinsville. That was smart. Um, but, of course, I mean, I can't really take credit for I mean, I didn't even have him. <laughs> I didn't even hey, have him in the final just, four just before stop, that. So. Just stop. Just stop. You, you picked him to win the championship, Jeff. That's all you need to say. The rest is semantics. Yeah. The week before I picked him. Just Great shush. move. Just stop. Just say you picked the championship. It doesn't, the other stuff, it doesn't matter. That race ends up getting a 79.1, which obviously surprised me and doomed my, was it a good race <laughs> poll pick? Uh, yeah, that's right. Did I win the poll after Martinsville? I think you already did. Had you an mock to that. and ridicule me and feel so I was so happy. I was so happy that you went that high because I thought, no way. No way is a 79% race. No way. But ultimately looking back, I think people were way happier than I expected uh-huh. or anticipated about uh-huh. Denny missing it. Truex Dead, missing Blaney it. Winning. Blaney making it. Byron holding on. Yeah, I don't think the race was, was that good. No, NBC did a great job. I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, but NBC did a fantastic, as I rewatched the race twice, um, NBC did a fantastic, fantastic job of selling the drama and focusing on the battles going on and not necessarily, hey, there's not a lot going on with the lead or whatever. It was like you watch that race and you're like, whoa, this is what's going to happen next. That They did a really, really masterful job. Well, good kudos then for selling it because in reality, the point situation was Denny couldn't get any more points and Byron, if let's see, was going to suddenly fall back. But they sold that though. Like they, that was the thing of like, can Byron hang on here? You know, Byron first has to climb back into position. Like yeah. that was the thing. Cause he, he, you know, he's climbing, he fell out. Now he's got to climb and claw his way back. He did that, but can he hang on here? You know, that, that was the thing. And they did, they sold the hell out of it. Yeah. Well, ultimately we find out afterwards that Byron was almost passing out in the car in the yeah. lap. So he guess he could have fallen back if we had yeah. done that, but he was starting to black out because the, the helmet blower was blowing hot air. So then it goes to the championship four and uh, you know what? We're like, what's, what's going to happen at Phoenix is going to be decent this time. Uh, You know, it was, it was fine. We just talked about it last week, but bell obviously 
breaks a rotor early, first mechanical failure um, in the elimination area for the final four, era for the final four. Um, so he's out, and it comes down to Blaney, Larson, Byron. Larson gets the pit stop that he needed, but those Hendrick cars, even though they qualified really well, Byron won the pole, just dominated early. Once they got back in traffic, that was it, and they just didn't have that same kind of speed. Chastain ends up winning. Uh, obviously, Blaney was trying to pass him, and um, that was it. You had your first first one, first time for the uh, a championship four driver to not win the race, but Blaney gets it done, wins the championship, um, and it was really never. I mean, toward the end there, it wasn't really a question of what was going to happen. No, I mean. I do remember though. I mean, I, I go back to the first stage and Blaney didn't qualify well and he's not happy with his race car at all. And he's very upset. And but then it was like he didn't feel like he was gaining anywhere, but he finished the state for stage one. I think I think he finished like ninth or tenth spot, right? Like and it was like, well, he's like tenth. And he was like, you know what? Like as miserable as he is with his race car and as frustrated as he is, and it doesn't sound like he's doing anything, he just picked up like four or five spots. You know, he did a good job of kind of and so he like and he's Bell, managing because this. he and Bell were both yeah. kind of going yeah. through together and Bell finished ninth in that stage and yeah. Blaney finished tenth. And yeah. I was like, Okay, they actually were better than they actually they were actually better than he thought. And then going back fast forwarding to that last call uh last pit stop sequence, Larson gets out and it just felt like 2001 all over again 2020 2020 all over again and it's like they got in the pit stop larson's got short run speed here blaney's car isn't great on short runs he's much better over the long runs like this it just felt like it twisted it's it's flipped there and it was like all right this is larson's championship and blaney got it done like great driving by him and he he had to work for it so this race gets a uh, number 22 of the year, 67.9. And then was a good race poll. Another win for you, by the way. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. I just want to make sure we noted yep. that. Very so it wasn't, it wasn't even close in the end. Um, no, you just, you come to I playoffs, really true like I true yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Especially <laughs> the second half of the playoffs. I had an early lead in the playoffs. Yeah, that's cute. Down. That's cute. Yeah. You peaked too soon there. Yeah, I definitely did. I, you came on like Blaney at the end. That's, you know, although you won the regular season also. So it's not really yeah, a so. comparison, but you know, since then, uh, there's been a lot of talk about, um, the playoff format. And, uh, mm-hmm. we, we talked about it on the podcast last week, but I think even more this week when you listen to the other podcasts, um, and you see some of the other stuff come out, I can't remember who it was. Was it who, who tweeted this week, a list of all the seeds, uh, over the years, the Dustin Albino, Dustin Albino might've done that. Yeah. 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 And I don't think anybody lower than like, a seven or something. I, I should go back to this as we're talking. Uh, I think it was five. Was it five? Was five the lowest? Chase was a five seed when he won it in 2020. Okay. So Blaney was a 12 seed. Oh, here it is. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, Logano was a six seed in 2018 when it was the big That's three right. and me. Uh, but otherwise it had been a number one seed one, a number one, a number one, a number two. And then you had Elliot at, five but that wasn't like a huge shock um but blaney being a number 12 seed i mean that it just sort of changes and you heard it on denny's podcast this week about you know you you got to be good it's not even you got to be good in the playoffs it's got to be good you got to be good in the end of the playoffs that's really mm-hmm. what it's changed to now and 
people are still um, <clears throat> trying to process that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it, but it, again, I always fall back on it. Everybody's, it, what? What's the? You just put hearts on my face. I did not put hearts on your face. <laughs> What's happening? I didn't do it. I have no idea. There's, there, tr- just trust me. There is no scenario ever in this world <laughs> where I would ever put hearts on your right, face. Well, the people ever. watching the YouTube, the YouTube version of this are going to be in for, all right. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. There I'm sorry. is no, <clears throat> now I'm thrown off by the fact that I put, I, there's no sorry. heart. The, the okay, hearts did just, not come for me. We're almost at two hours. Uh, like my voice is gone. Yeah. Um, I, again, I go back to this form. It's the same for everybody. And so you can pick it apart all you want to, but you have to be great and you have to be mistake free. And I, at the end, you can look at the, at the end and you can look at the numbers or anything like that. But the last six races of the season, Blaney went first, 12th, sixth, second, first, second. Like that. No, he, he deserved it with the format. Yeah, I'm just so saying I, it's, just, he was, he was a complete non-factor through the entire summer. Yeah. But you know, Logano wasn't. You could say the same about Logano last year. I, I just, what, what do you want out of but your Logano, playoff? Logano was the number two seed last year, though, going to the playoffs. Yeah, so. but he wasn't. That no, I get it. But I, I, the, he was the still. The seeding can be a little. The, the seeding can be a little. Well, it's an order of playoff points. So he well, won enough stages. He had, and, he, had, he had wins and stuff. Yeah, but like, he wasn't somebody you looked at as a legitimate contender going to the playoffs. He was the number two seed. I understand that, but go I, you, listen. He'll even tell you this: they didn't have the speed. They didn't no, think I, they were going to be. Yeah, I, I'm aware. I mean, I understand. Again, the seeding can be a little misleading. Like Kyle yeah. Busch was a high seed going into this year's playoffs. Did anybody think Kyle Busch was going to be? No. Like the seeding can be a little misleading sometimes, depending on because if you get your wins early and you yeah, get playoff points, it, you had Blaney out in the first round, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I didn't. I mean, I'm not arguing that. So, but you're saying, hey. Like I have no problem with, and it's not, it's nothing against Blaney. It's insert driver here who was a non-factor for much of the season, won one race in the regular season, disappeared all summer, got hot at the end of the playoffs and wins the championship like that. It doesn't matter. Like take away who it is. Does that, is that okay? Here's here's a question for you. And I, and I, I don't fundamentally disagree. I get it. You go back to the pre, um, elimination era format right what remember jimmy johnson when he won those championships what did they do they freaking like they were notorious for basically using the summer months to like fine-tune and use it as a test session okay so like how is that yeah i mean they were great for the beginning of the year and they they got their wins and they they asserted themselves and you knew they were going to be a factor in the playoffs but then come june july and august like it was a thing of we're going to use this. We're going to kind of do some things like, how is that all that different? So you've got a team taking off uh, uh, and again, using, you know, essentially, you know, kind of changing their mindset for the middle part of the year where they didn't care about winning or results because they were using it as a test session. And now like it, it's just, it's a different form, but it's not that different though. I don't know. I guess I'm just still, trying to wrap my head around it even a week later it's just like i mean if you're okay with johnson like you know basically saying hey i don't think you you can compare jimmy johnson to ryan blaney's team where jimmy johnson is you know has the speed early they're dominating early they know they haven't because remember it wasn't winning in back then so you had enough points they'd have they were yeah 
Well, they would get multiple wins, and if you got multiple well, that wins, was the you were wild, gonna get a wild card. card. Yeah, you were going to yeah. be in a wild card spot. So once they got their two or three wins, and they knew they were in, they would. And like, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like the only way you're going to have the the system that rewards year long, you're going to have to go back to the old format because any format you use, you're going to have variations of this. But arguably, again, we saw the TV ratings. Now this came out this week. It was the lowest for a championship race yet in the entire playoff era. It was probably the lowest for a season finale since the 90s or something. Um, viewers were down another 9% for Phoenix compared to even last year, which was already low. So mm-hmm. if the whole point of this is to keep it entertaining and keep fans interested during the playoffs. Isn't Shouldn't you be getting more numbers to show that? Like, Would it really have been worse if it was a final 10 races or whatever, because what's happening now is you're getting champions that a lot of the fans feel like, like, Hey, this didn't really reflect what I watched. So I don't, I'm not giving enough credibility to this format and that's weakening. That's watering it down. So it, it gives people less incentive to be as invested in it late in the year. I would say it would, it it would seem like that way. I get that argument. I don't disagree, but is people are people then conversely uh, if this championship is pretty much decided going into the final race of the year are the numbers really going to not be i mean there's a real chance if the championship is decided going into phoenix the numbers would have been even lower than they were we don't know that i mean so like if you're going to make that argument fine and again I, I get that i think there's a lot of factors that go into the television numbers for one we, we talked about it we just we literally just ran through the season how much buzz and excitement was there in the playoffs this year? Like how many moments were you like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Or we're going to be talking about that for years to come. There was no Hail Malin. No offense to the, the driver, like great guys. And Blaney's, a, you know, but they're, none of them are outsized personalities that are like going to, you know, like, oh my God, that, like that guy is going to move the needle now in this amazing way. And say what you will about Chase Elliott. The Chase Elliott factor is real. We saw it this year a little bit when he was out some races and then came back. There was he wasn't even in the play. I mean, he was barely mentioned in the playoffs. Like he didn't even win a race. Like that that's real. I mean, and frankly, let's be honest too. Phoenix isn't the most exciting track. We've talked about that. Like there yeah. are a lot of factors. And I, I agree with everything you say. Like I get it. And, and you're not wrong. But there are so many factors that go into this. Like, is you just to pinpoint it on the playoff format, I don't think you can do that. Is it part of it? Absolutely. Is it a conversation worth having? Sure. But you also need to look at your venues. You need to look at the quality of racing. You need to look at the drivers involved. How many drivers currently in this sport, currently, move the needle? Or you're like, that guy wins races, wins a championship. It's like, boom, you know it's going to be a big thing. That The reality is, is you don't even have that. Even Elliott, to some degree, when he won the championship – the ratings didn't skyrocket all of a sudden. You, The sport, more than anything right now, the problem is, is you do not have an outsized personality, a crossover star. You do not have somebody right now in this sport who my mom or your mom or somebody who follows the sport on a very, very casual basis goes, oh, do you know who Ryan Blaney is? How many people are really going to know who that is? The answer is not very many. But Jeff Gordon, I know who Jeff Gordon is. I've seen him on commercials. I've seen him in commercials with Shaq or Dale Earnhardt Jr. or this or that. Like, you just don't have that right now. You don't even have, like, a Carl Edwards who, while he didn't win a championship, was filling in on daytime talk shows, you know? 
Like you just don't have that personality that frankly moves the needle. That more than anything right now, more than a playoff format, more than the racing on the racetrack, I think is why the sport is where it's at right now. That was a good. Why rant. are you smiling? You ranted. You found. I don't know. This is like Jordan's first good rant of the year. No, I've had a few of them. That was a rant. Not nearly as many as you. I don't think it was a rant. That was your but... longest rant of the year for sure. That was a great rant. Been. Good Thank rant. You. Thank now you. I will say though, to say that my mom doesn't—I mean, my mom listens to all of our podcasts, so okay, that's she's fair. not going to like that uh, you think that she doesn't know who Ryan Blaney is. Okay, so, and that's so. fair. I'm sorry, Mrs. Glock. I apologize, but my mom sure <laughs> but I, doesn't. I my mom, what my you're mom, saying. yeah, yeah, but yeah. like you just don't have that though. Like, well, listen, I think you had a great rant, uh, great points, and I will just let let this podcast end on that note. <laughs> What's fun? Can't um, believe we just went through all 38 races. <laughs> Gosh, in just a little over two hours, Jordan. Jeez, that was, yeah. that was you got me up at seven a.m. on a Saturday to do this. I woke up at five a.m. Mountain Time to do this. Yeah, well, you have kids, and th- again, this is why you don't have children is because we had to work around your schedule and you your did. kids' schedule. Listen, I will say I gave Jordan two options for this. My wife is working three straight night shifts this week, so yeah. or she's twelve-hour shifts this weekend. Yeah. So we either had to do it at five a.m. Mountain Time. Or yeah. at like eight thirty mountain let, time, which let me is run 10:30. through it from my let me run it through from my perspective okay. of the options you gave me. Okay? okay. One was hey, we could do it at like ten thirty on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Hell no. Because I know what I was doing last night at ten thirty at night, and I was not in a condition to do this podcast. And that's gonna be the case probably tonight and maybe Sunday as well. And so and then the other thing was, oh, uh, we could do it like four thirty on Sunday. I'm like uh, that's like in the middle of Sunday fun day. I'm going to be knee deep in mimosas probably. Well, the mimosas are in the morning. So who knows what's going to be in the afternoon. 4.30 on a Sunday does not fly. And then you're like, how about 7 a.m.? Uh, I guess that's like the literally the lesser of two evils. Like I get up early anyway. I was up at 6 a.m. today. So I'm like, I'll just do seven. That's fine. And, you know, thank God. So a couple of cups of coffee and we'll be good to go. So here we are. I don't even feel well. And I woke up at 4.30. I set my thirty to to do yeah, this. So I, slept, I mean, I slept look, for like four I, hours. Bags under my hours. eyes. My gosh. Oh no, I slept. I barely slept. I well, had a heck of a fun I appreciate night. you. Wake, I I had to do it, so I did it myself. I appreciate you waking up, <laughs> and of course, we appreciate you all for listening. I don't know if you thought this was a good episode or not. Let us know if we should try this again next year or not. If you enjoyed the season and review, the trip down memory lane. Next week we will be back, of course, for another tear down, but we will be back again together. Uh, where we will be in Las Vegas, where Vegas, we baby. have just done six days of being there for F1. The F1 race is coming up this week. Uh, we're both flying there on Tuesday, and um, we're going to be covering it extensively with our colleagues Madeline Coleman and Luke Smith, our F1 writers, as well as Tashawn Reed, our Las Vegas writer. We have all hands on deck for this. This is like the Motorsports Super Bowl. Uh, of this country, essentially, um, even though you have Indy 500 and Daytona 500, certainly that's not what they're the attention around the world is going to be on cars going down the, the Las Vegas strip starting at 1 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday night or early Five Sunday hours, morning, Shereen, man, I'll be fine. You'll be sleeping. I'll be like, you'll be like, I'm ready to go to bed. I'll be like oh, this. I'm just getting going. It's going to be fascinating to see how it screws up our sleep schedule, how it is to get around the city. Uh, we're going to come back to you with all that kind of stuff next week on the teardown and we'll talk whatever things have happened in NASCAR too, if there has any been any news, but um, so check us out there next week and then we'll have a couple more NASCAR season 
uh, recaps um, following that too. So we're, we're not done yet, but uh, we thank you as always for listening. And we will talk to you next time on the teardown. See you everybody. Bye.